Hello, and welcome to Back into Thrones. I'm Joseph. And I'm Michael. Today we're going to be getting into the fourth episode of Game of Thrones titled Cripples, Bastards, and Broken Things. Before we get into it though, I just wanted to let out a statement for spoilers. So anything that's in Game of Thrones seasons 1 through 8, uh, there's potential show House of the Dragon, Fire and Blood the Book, and the series A Song of Ice and Fire have potential spoilers, as well as really anything, including history, anything. Can you spoil history? Yeah, of course. I don't think we... It's history. Spoiler, Look it up. Spoiler alert. Amplin dies. <laughs> we do that every time. Because it's the most, like, shocking thing. No, it's, that can't be true. That can't be true. That can't be true. But it's the it's where my mind goes. Okay. Spoilers for anything. We we talk about anything. Anything and everything. We're, we're going to try to stay focused. We'll see if our ADHD lets us. But if we go off, just be aware. Yeah. Yeah. I just... We're not going to intend to spoil House of the Dragon in any way. We're just going to, like... Not anything big, at least. I mean, nothing's coming out anyway. So, like, you know... Coming out for a while. Are you ready, Joseph? Ready as ever. Let's get back into Thrones. Okay, so here's our brief little recap of Cripples, Bastards, and Broken Things. So the episode begins with Bran having dreams of, and visions of the Three-Eyed Raven, which will influence the entire story, and it all begins here. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. And then we see Tyrion mocking Theon in a very rude manner. Which, despite what the show will have you believe later, did happen. Yeah, exactly. And then we have John meeting Sam at the wall, who's basically defenseless. And then so John befriends him and takes him under his wing to protect him from yeah. Alistair Thorne, basically. And other people like Rath. Yeah. And then we see Daenerys reach Javiah's Dothrak and gain her independence from Viserys. But at the cost of her sanity? And then meanwhile in King's Landing, Ned is continuing his investigation for the murder of John Aaron, And it leads him to talking to Pycelle, who gives him the book, The Lineages of the Nobles families of the seven kingdoms that, that that note wasn't the actual title of the book i just know that's, that's okay no one's gonna remember the title anyways and so it leads him there and then talking to Littlefinger, that leads him to meeting gendry the bastard son of robert yeah and then the big moment Catelyn kidnaps Tyrion, which is basically gonna start everything on the show but we'll get more into that in a little bit yeah and that's our recap that's cool. it time for our rating who okay. wants to go first do you want to go first for me um, I didn't really think that far ahead. I'll go first. This is a special episode for me. It's oh, my, I see where this is going. It's my first 10 out of 10. Good. I was, I was like, nervous that they're going to say, it's a zero. It, it's an amazing episode. It's great storytelling. The plot's really good. Great character building. It's the intrigue. Pacing was great, which, as if you listen to our last episode, you know we had an issue with the pacing for that one. And the ending was just, like, really, the best one so far, in my opinion. Really, like... Like, only episode one was a better ending, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, this was better than that, but that was the only one to rival it. Like, what's not to love in this episode? Yeah, I actually, I, I only gave it a 10, too. Only a 10? <laughs> oh, only a 10. I was going for surprise, all right? <laughs> Why? Why'd you, why'd you say that? I just thought it was just a better episode than the last one. Yeah, definitely better I thought it was one. a good one. No, it was, a, honestly, I thought it was a real, my favorite episode so far. I agree. It was the best one. And I don't know why. I mean, obviously, there's re- obviously good reasons to it. Oh, we're going to get into it. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm, I'm we're definitely going to nitpick it. But, I mean, I, honestly, there wasn't really that much for me to hate. Yeah, anything we say negative really means nothing to us. Because at the end of the day, we, this is, like, the perfect episode. Yeah. Like, we, we are, we're 100% on the side of, like, if it's bad, we'll say it. Oh, so, 100%. So, if, but we have, we also go in with the lens of, not everything that not everything's going to be perfect so don't go in looking for perfection if you don't find it 
All right, so should we just get into uh, the first character we have, who will be Bran? Yeah. So Bran. 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 The the opening of the episode starts with this dream sequence where like he's walk he's like shooting arrows in the courtyard. He sees the Red Raven. He walks into the the crypt area and it flies. It looks at him with the three eyes. Boom. Done. What'd you think? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Um, it's the first dream sequence we ever have. Yeah, but we don't have many because D and D don't. Oh, like we're like we don't know how to do it. We don't know how to make flashbacks and dream sequences, and I feel like this... that's alarming. Yeah, because the whole there's a lot of dream sequences in the book. All I'm gonna say is that I feel like the scene kind of proved them right. I did not like this. I never they they, they repeat this so many times over the season, and every time I'm kind of like, okay. Yeah, it's just that I felt like this dream sequences are wasted here because. It's clearly meant to foreshadow uh, Ned's death. Yeah. But, I don't know, I just felt like it was a waste to do that, because Bran's dreams are more have more to it in the books than just, oh, foreshadow, Ned's gonna die. Like, I don't know, I just felt... Yeah, it just feels so, like... like I really said there's not much to say about this, because but it's the beginning of like this long, boring story from yeah. Bran. Well, sometimes boring. Not all the time. And the show... It, it is probably my least favorite scene in the entire episode. But that's yeah. not really saying much because everything else is so great. So it's kind of like a... It's also like, because I'm not really a fan of Bran, I guess, too. Just seeing his deadpan face as he walks. But every time it's like, oh my god. Like, I don't know why. I just don't like that, that look he has on his face, too. It's like, get out of my screen. And also, the Thread Raven. Did you see, like, the third eye? I didn't really it look It looked like a Google eye. Did it? I never knew it did. It looked like they, they pasted it onto his face. Really? Which, which that, That's not good. They couldn't have done that because it's animal. animal no, but it's not, it doesn't look edited, though, so... You know what? have to look it up we'll have to look it up i just don't know i thought it looked like they like glued it on yeah and then he wakes up and that's actually the this is the first time first major scene for theon yeah which is crazy that it's, it's four episode four crazy, yeah though. i mean the book really focused on him either though it's all old man before we saw theon which is fine it's fine but considering it's the last time we see her this from here on out you know. yeah oh there's one thing where he looks at old man and goes like, I'd rather, like, I wouldn't want to be cooped up with this old bat. And all I can think is, how could you not want to be sitting with old now day just listening to her stories? Yeah, right? Like, so many, everyone's, like, childhood in Winterfell is, like, based on this woman telling stories because she's so good at it. Like, how would you not want to sit there? It's just dumb. This I mean, stupid man. maybe he liked it when he was first came here, and then as he got older, he was like, I'm, old, I'm too old I'm too this. good for this. Yeah. Yeah, you live Sounds in the Iron good. Islands. Tell me that again. Oh, God, I'd rather kill myself than live there. I know. But also, I was thinking, that was also establishing Theon as a douche. Yeah, but also, Bran's immediately antagonistic. Yeah, Theon. like, how rude are you? I don't want to see anyone. That's so mean. Like, what did he, what, up to this point, what did he actually do? He came in and said, what did he say? Like, I mean, Theon's not nice. He's, he's not, not nice, nice but what did he say? He said, Rob so, wants to see you. Yeah, Rob wants to see you. We have or, visitors. Yeah. And he said, I don't want to see anyone. Like, get off your high horse. He was also mean to old men he, so he's, it's, it's because he's like he's done with because he doesn't have the use of his legs. He doesn't see the point in living anymore. So he just like it's his like I don't say denial phase right now, but he's like like he's just not he doesn't ha- hasn't come to accept his situation. Well, accept it because I don't tolerate mean people. And Bran, <laughs> you're on thin ice already with me. And it's just, you're and spoiler, he's got a crack. <laughs> he falls through. He does fall through. But you know you don't have to do it so soon. Yeah. And then what did I say? I said. Oh yeah, because I said that they kind of changed why Theon's so such an ass in the book in the show. Yeah, because in the book in the show he's more just mean. Yeah, where in 
Well, I mean, I guess he's 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 not that funny. Where Theon in the books is more sarcastic. Yeah, and no one likes it though. Like he, he ha- smiles a lot. He has a he horse. Yeah, he smiles a lot. He has a horse named Smiler in the books. Yeah, because it's a personality. Yeah, and no one can stand him. Yeah, does Rob stand him? Rob likes Rob him. likes him, but no one else does. Catelyn does not like him. Catelyn does not. John does not. Anyone who is not pure Stark, she is like yeah. yeah. But to be fair, like John just came both like they they probably agree on their hatred of Theon. Yeah, John does not like Theon mm. either. Not many do. No, I wonder how Ned felt. We don't really get Ned's opinion. No, well he does say in the books when um he meets with Catelyn, he's like keep an eye on Theon. <laughs> That's true. And then well, and she didn't. <laughs> Which we'll get into. We'll get into. But we'll get into the reasons why. Alright, got anything else for, like, this brief opening scene? No. Okay, so then he's taken to Rob. And Rob is being so rude to Tyrion here. Like, who are you to be like this? Like, you're supposed to be a lord. You're supposed to be cursed. Tyrion yeah. hasn't done anything wrong. I was gonna say... Oh, wait. What? But he doesn't think Tyrion... Try... No, no, he doesn't. Never mind. Forget that. He has no clue what's going on. He has oh, no clue. He, he just knows just, someone tried to. I guess he just put him with the Lannisters. He just knows he's a Lannister. I thought that Rob was... Uh, he's a bad lord. Yeah. He's just, he just bad. Because even Ned, when we see Ned in the other episode, like he was courteous to Jamie. Although they were sparring with words. They, yeah. He was courteous. He's not outright being like, like, you don't have anywhere to sleep right now. Yeah, where Rob is just all, all, like immediately antagonistic. And openly, he doesn't try to hide it behind cruel courtesy or anything yeah which is a very it's a very stark thing to do cruel courtesy is something that we see in fire and blood a little bit yeah we do see that i'm thinking with uh jaharis and alisane yeah when when um queen alisane who is like the granddaughter of aegon the conqueror just to put a timeline for those who don't know she visited winterfell and lord stark was um not a fan of the targaryens point because his brother died from like northern rebellion whatever complicated and he's so like like he's like he's giving her place to stay, but he's also like a like a, a northern welcomer. He's very colder. And Alicine's like, okay, we'll do this. And then by the time she leaves, Stark is much nicer to her, if I remember correctly. She charmed him over. Yeah, she charmed him over. I love Alicine. Alicine's so cool. She's yeah. supposed to be like Catherine Hepburn's Eleanor of Aquitaine, right? Did you say Catherine Hepburn's or just Eleanor of Aquitaine? I think when we think I think it is, but whenever we hear Eleanor of Aquitaine, we just think Catherine Hepburn. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know who Eleanor of Aquitaine is, she's the Look her up. Okay. No, no, you can say no, it. She was she was the wife of Henry II of England and Queen of both France and England. Look her up. She's one of the most badass women of the Middle Ages. Like, that's like a fact. It is a fact. Anyway. Sorry. Uh, our we, we warned you about the history part. Yes. We warned you about history. We didn't even spoil what happened to her. But we spoiled that she became Queen of both France and England. <laughs> I guess it's a spoiler, yeah. It is a spoiler if you're just looking at opening the book and saying, oh, she became Queen of France. And now I spoiled it. <laughs> We won't give the spoilers of how she got there. Maybe later. Maybe later. Who knows with us? All right. And so. Oh, I said we see how Rob is a hothead. Yeah. I'm not your boy, Lannister. Yeah. Like, like banning. Come on. Like, like, you're, like, you are supposed to be the Lord. And Tyrion is not. Tyrion's here because he's coming back from the wall. And as someone of noble blood, especially a Lannister, it's expected you give him a place to stay. Yeah. But he's it, not an enemy. This is peaceful times. You're not at war yet. There's no excuse for refusing him. I feel like that would be grounds for war, too. If he, if it he is. Was to I mean, stay. oh my god, I have another history. Oh my god. Isabella. Oh, I knew you were going to go Isabella there. Isabella of France, the wife of um, Edward II of England, she was trying to, like, take a room during a storm in this castle. And the lady of the castle refused her and, like, shot arrows at her. Like, well, it was, a ba- it was a battle, yeah. The battle ensued. She tried, yeah. And then, guess what happened? Civil war. 
Yeah. I mean, they were looking for a reason for Civil War. No, well, there's a reason here. Oh, yeah. So Tyrion really can go back and tell his father they did not have entrance, and Tywin can, in I mean, not really in his right, but he can just, like, go and get mad at that. If he wanted war, yeah. Yeah, which we don't know if he did or didn't. Well, I mean, Tyrion's obsessed with the honor of his family. Yeah. So, like, the whole thing with, like, Tyrion being kidnapped is, like, the honor of families at stake. So, if, like, you hear a Lannister being refused by a Stark, I don't know if it's grounds for war, but it's definitely, there's it's definitely something, consequences it's something, it's something that the king would have to address. Yeah. Like, how dare you? We're not war. Yeah. Like, we're in peaceful times. And the Starks would have to be like, I mean, that'd actually probably be best case scenario for Ned, because Ned could just be like, like, well, we found this evidence that your family did this, and use that, like, you know. Yeah. That actually probably would be best case scenario for that. Yeah. But, um, it showed how he's a hothead, but not as much as it is in the books, because in the books, he keeps the Night's Watch with him, the guys that came with Tyrion. And Yorin is talking about how Benjen is lost, and, like, might be dead. Yeah. And Rob literally gets so mad, he, like, draws his sword out, and, like, threatens Yorin for it. And Yorin's just like, Yorin's um, like, sit down. He's like, he doesn't um, say like that. Yeah, he's like, okay. Which is actually really interesting because we know the Starks are, are supposed to take care of the Night's Watch and Rob immediately poses him as the opposite of them. Wow, I never even thought of it like that. Yeah. Rob was not going to be a good lord, was he? He's not going to be a good kid. Well, he proved that kind he of. He proved that very so, much. Good battle commander. Yeah, but. Good tactician. Not good with anything else, as we'll get into later. Yeah. Anyway, that. So Basically then, hothead. Yeah. And then on brand real quick, because that's what I labeled the character profile under for this segment. He goes down and um, Tyrion basically calls him a cripple. And Bran just goes, I'm not a cripple. Like, he's mad. But then once... The, and this is because he's depressed, obviously, with the whole idea. He hasn't come to accept it. When Tyrion provides a way for him to ride, he says, I have a tender spot for cripples, bastards, and broken things. And Bran smiles at him. So he's forgotten. Because now it's like, I have a way to cope with this. I don't know if that's the, that's the interpretation, but he didn't go like, I'm not a cripple again. He went, he smiled. Yeah. It's no longer like, my life is not totally over. I can still ride like I like to. I still can't climb. I still can't walk. But at least I can do these other things I want to do. Yeah. And I also just wanted to know how in the books, uh, Tyrion didn't do this out of the goodness of his heart. I mean, he might have been in some level, but it was because Jon specifically asked him to take care of Yeah. Bran. Yeah. So here it makes it look like Tyrion just did it on his own will. Yeah. Where, where Tyrion, where John told him find a way to help him, and well, he did. Yeah. I'm not saying that proves oh he's a bad person. I'm just saying that it's there are is more complex than just goodness of heart. Don't worry, our case will continue on with the later episodes and talking more about Tyrion later. But Tyrion is not a good person. No. This is not the best example for it, but it's still there. Yeah. It just I just wanted to know. Yeah, we'll get further into that. Um. Yeah. All I really said was after that when Rob was like, "Oh, thank you. You can stay now." It seems so forced. And Tyrion's like, "Yeah, right. I'm gonna go here because we'll all be better off." Yeah. And that's the end of that. Yeah. Well, like he knows he's being slighted. Yeah. And then he slights Rob in turn. He's like, "Oh, now you're gonna offer to me? Well, I say no to you." Just because I did you guys one little thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm gonna go have fun at the brothel. And. On another note of Tyrion not being a good guy, more so in the books, but like here's a little an even better example in the show, comes into our Theon part of the episode. So, this scene is very much distorted by D and D later on. They ha- they erase oh, the scene, we'll talk about that, and they make Theon look like a, even worse than he was. So in the scene, Theon comes over and is like literally offers Tyrion advice on a whore or a prostitute to choose Which, on a 
on its own, that's weird. That's messed up. But in our society, it is. Not in their society, apparently. But instead of being like, thank you for the advice, um, Theon, he starts, like, starting a fight with him. Atta- like, making, attacking. Like, yeah, attacking him. Like, he's, like, like telling him his father's stupid, being like, oh, you're a master. Like, things like that. Like, I mean, Tyrion, who asked? Who asked? He said, and then he, he said, hey, there's this whore named Roz. She's good. And he said, your father was stupid. <laughs> I mean, and then the show has the audacity. The audacity in season six for Tyrion to be like, you were making jokes about your height. Not one word in this scene was Theon talking about Tyrion's height. Not one. Not Literally, one. not one. Not one. Tyrion was the antagonist in this scene, and the show likes to make whitewash Tyrion as they very much do in the later seasons by having him be somehow the victim in this scene. And poor Theon is just so mentally broken at this point where it's like, he doesn't even defend, defend himself. He but can't. If I were Theon, I'd be like, um, clearly you're having some memory problems. Maybe you should look into that before you start an invasion where you totally failed Daenerys. Because that might have something to do with it. Yeah. Honestly. But yeah, it's so like, like not like he like where's like he like he's like where's Catelyn, which I mean on his part very smart that he noted that. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say that it actually shows how intellectual he is, like how he was able to be like where is Catelyn. Yeah. But also, I was gonna say we don't know if in the books he ever figured it out that she wasn't there or not, so we'll just never know. Yeah, of course. Show's fine. Show works. And then, um, and then the uncle's like my lady, and he's like my lady, and he's before he's like your master, like like almost like he's a slave. Technically, he is. I mean, he's in a, a way, ward. he's a ward. He's a hostage. But they don't treat him like a hostage. They treat him like part of the family. <laughs> Just and then, he, then he goes into like saying like, "Oh, your father's rebellion was stupid." God for I mean, I don't like Thalen Greyjoy. He's a total douchebag. But I mean, independence is not like you know. In our way, like when we see people seeking independence, it's not a bad thing for the most part. I mean, the Ironborn should be like cowed because like they're terrible people. But like you know, looking at independence, it's like the most, Vikings. Ex- yeah, mm. Vikings are not good people. I don't care what people say. They're they're interesting, but they're they're monsters. Fascinating, but they're monsters. I mean, everyone, everyone was everyone was a monster back then, I guess. So I mean, I guess they're take pick it's your poison. Road. <laughs> yeah, pick your poison. Um, it's just something just about going to other lands to just kill people. Just seems yeah. Empires are just like yeah. And then not yeah. only that, he goes and like like your father was re- like a rebel, a stupid rebellion because you were outnumbered. Like God I mean, forbid, he's want. not wrong. And then he's like, and he's like, your brothers are dead. You know how does how would your father feel if you were lo- if he knew you were loyal to the few that took out your family, and then Tyrion Theon actually tries to clap back and being like, like when when Tyrion's talking about like how the Battle of Lannisport, like how you're on attack, and um, Theon goes like must have been a pretty sight. Well, that was early on in the conversation. That was early in the conversation, but still, and Tyr- Tyrion's like, yeah, nothing like burning men. Um, Tyrion, you know what you're gonna wow! do? Wow, you know what you're gonna do? Are you kidding? I totally missed that. He literally said nothing like watching Burning Men. Because we know in the book that he has talked about seeing, picturing Dragonfire burn. Time not even Cersei. that. He, the wildfire. No, but I'm just saying. Okay, yeah, that too. But I was Did you saying, not get. Oh, that's all. Uh, yeah. I was talking about how when King's Landing gets burned and he's oh, just like, you're so really horrified. Um, I thought you liked the sight. Yeah. Whatever. Like, told, I've, n- I've rewatching the show now with the knowledge I have of the whole thing. They really distorted Tyrion's character. Yeah, but I do think it was a good way of explaining the Greyjoy rebellion. I mean, as a whole, the scene though, it's very good for now. It's good on its, its good own. for this episode. This but, episode, yeah, most of what we're going to talk about is like it's good on its own. But when you like everything, when you put it in perspective to everything else, it, it yeah, falls it short. almost makes me wonder: Did D and D bother to rewatch this episode when they were referencing it? Like they, they like you to believe it? I, I don't believe it at all. I mean, I, I don't know how anyone would like if anyone watches this scene. They should be like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Like, later on, Tyrion says this. Like, yeah. 
did they really not go back to rewatch episodes? Like, I mean, if I were a writer and I was making a reference to a scene in season one, I would go back to make sure I have all my facts together. Yeah. They but, didn't do that. They, they they like the idea of making Theon look even bad, even though he's already been through enough. They even change it here because they have, um, was it Theon or Tyrion said uncles? Uncles, yeah. Book. They said uncles. Well, we only know that he has one in the show, Euron. Yeah. In the books, he has a few. Yeah. And all Living were involved. And, yeah, all Vic- three of them were involved. Yeah. Victorian, Aaron, and Euron. Euron. Yeah. But, I mean, the show, I think there's a, a prophet that is named Aaron. I'm not sure if it if it is yeah. supposed to be, but there's no evidence going either or. So I'm going to assume that Euron is the only uncle in the show. Yeah, I mean, I was, I said here, they obviously were planning on Victorian and Aaron, yeah. and then they decided in season five to cut half the material from the book. So they, so they erased them. Yeah. Well, they did that by season two because Victorian was in the book there. He was in the Yeah, but you could have easily, you know, run yeah. around. You could have well, easily went gave, around that. They issue. gave the, well, they gave the big role that Victorian had, and they were like, well, Yara has that. So they, that's cut. true, but that could be just a budgetary thing. That could have been, yeah. You don't know, have the Victorian come later, like, oh, here he is. I mean, yeah, they, they I, I think right now they're playing on the uncles being in the story. Bro. Yeah, but then I also, do you have anything else to say? Not on that, no. Okay, because I have something interesting, is that the Greyjoy Rebellion started with very similar reasons for the Northern Rebellion. Yeah. Because Balon Greyjoy thought that because the Dragon Kings were gone, they should be free, which is the argument used to crown Rob King of the North. Yeah, what is it, they go, Yeah, they go, the dragons are dead, so uh, we, we, we promised to bend the knee to the dragons. Well, they're gone. That was Balon's argument. So why is it okay for one to do it and the other not? Exactly. Well, we don't like the Great Dragon. Anyway. Well, that's the whole thing with Rob later on. He's like, they try to do the same thing, so maybe we should like make an alliance. And Cowan's like, um, no, my son, because that's the dumbest thing you could do. And then what? What do you know? Winterfell burns. Whoops. Whoopsies. Yeah, I mean. I don't like Balon Greyjoy, so I don't want to give him the ben- I don't want to give him that argument, but still, it is yeah, kind of. Ba- don't get us wrong. Balon Greyjoy is one of the biggest dicks on the show. Yeah, we. I. He's like in, in the books, especially the books. He's one of my least favorites. Like yeah. up there, like Randall, Charlie, Walder Frey. In John's uh, scenes, we kind of see how people uh, have like, what's the word? They don't like fat people. Fat phobic. Fat phobia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but it's kind of taken to a whole new level. What do you mean? Because Gren says if they saw us talking... Oh, I no, that's... That's something. Craven. That's Coward. I'll come back later. Okay. So this is our actually introduction to Sam, and all I have to say is, poor guy. Yeah, in the books, he's 15. I'm not sure how old he is here, but keep that in mind. Yeah, he's like slightly older than John. But John always refers to him as boy, right? In the shower books. Fuck, right? Doesn't he think of him as They're boy? They're like the same age, anyway. Yeah, but it's weird. He probably sees him as being younger. Yeah, I think John sees himself as more experienced and more traumatized. <laughs> little does he know. Oh, little does little he know. Does John thinks he has trauma from Callan just being like, I don't like you. Oh. You don't know trauma. Oh, contraire. <laughs> no, wait until you talk to Sam. Because unlike with the show, I'll have you believe. Well, not believe, but well, like, not oh, mention. Oh, I will, dis- we'll I will get be discussing that. that. So I also said that uh, Alistair has no honor. No, not at all. You don't beat a fallen man. That's just... You just not, Rass just, too, yeah. It's just not how it's done. No. That's... Well, Rass was doing it because Alistair said do well, it. Well, yeah, so but he, I can't imagine he didn't like doing that. Oh, absolutely. But I will say that it was it was an order, so you can kind of say, well, Rass was told to do it. I mean, then again, he did do it. Yeah. And also, I have to say, I'm not a John fan, but this is the best thing he, one of the best things he's ever done. Defending actually, Sam without any, like... Yeah. Like, without, like, any, like, need to. Like, he just did... I actually have a right very big thing to say. It's a long thing. I'm going to have to read it off. Okay. Okay. So he said, this is why I like John. 
so sorry. Okay. Because he's a good person. He doesn't like watching people get hurt. He doesn't have the power to do anything about it, but he... Uh, oh, he doesn't have... Okay, I got, I got what I said. <laughs> he doesn't have the power to do anything about it, but he still does it. Though he does have might makes right, since he can wield a sword better than anyone else. And Alistair can still do whatever he wants to do, you know? Yeah. Men have more power in, than women by default because they have the sword. Oh, I because see John yeah. can defend John can defend what he says because he can just take up a weapon. So he can say, "Don't touch Sam," and then if they try to again, he can just slap them with that sword. Yeah, you know, I do. Yeah, and then this is in contrast to Daenerys, oh. who may be Khaleesi, but her gender and lack of martial martial skills are against her. Even the most powerful women have little agency compared to the men. Wow. Because she can't say, don't touch that slave, and what are you going to do about it? I'll tell Khal Drogo. Ha, ha, ha. Like, they'll just wow. laugh in her face. And she could tell Khal Drogo, but then we see in the book, he goes, just leave them alone. Like, he just barks at an order. Yeah. So she can do minor things, but she can't convince And him. this will obviously change when she has the dragons, right? Because, like, yeah. when she has, like... Because right now you're talking about her with when she was, like, Khaleesi, like, when yeah. she's wife to Drogo. Yeah. Because... But when she's when yeah. she's Cal in her own right. Yeah. Because if she if she tries to help someone, they'll just take they'll just go against her, and like she can't just take up a sword and be like, "Oh, you want to go?" Yeah, she's no skill. I don't know. I just found it interesting because I was like, I didn't well, even think. I was like thinking. That. I was thinking because in the last episode we were talking about how Daenerys couldn't really stand up for those who were like who were on the what's the word weaker side in society. But why yeah. does John have the ability to do it? And I thought, well, he has the sword. He can just wow, I, I love that. Yeah. That was really good. I hope it's not dumb. I also have um my own little note, but not on that. So go it was kinda like on gender too. The insults that Alistair gives are so gendered. What did he say? I forget. Like it like like Miss Piggy or like, no, it's not Miss Piggy. He says like That's a my lady pig. lady pig. Something like that. Something like that. He says like Sir Piggy. No, he says lady. His lady love. That's true. I don't know if he, he says does. lady piggy to be honest. But he does say like let the bastard defend his lady love. Wow, you're and when I was thinking, because they see women as craven, not yeah. Or so if them. you're not masculine enough, you will be referred to as a lady to make you feel worthless. Because in their world, women are worthless. Yeah, Alistair makes me think of like Book Snape. Yeah, like like the whole thing is like he's beating this guy down because he's not masculine enough. But at the end of the day, he's good to be a steward. Yeah, like why do we have to keep these insults and why do we have to keep beating him down? Because yeah. he's not masculine enough. It's yeah. Sam's whole story. Yeah. But one thing I wish they kept in the, from the book was that when John defended Sam, he actually had Gren and Pip on his side. Yeah. Defending against, I think, like seven men, maybe? Yeah, it was like something like that. I thought that was cool, because I... It's a little reference to Ned's past. Yeah, I didn't want to mention that, but because that's Preston Jacobs. Yeah, I was from Preston Jacobs. But, but I, thought it was a, I thought it was a good point. Yeah, I mean, and one is like bad ears. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was like, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I don't want to keep mentioning like Preston Jacobs things. Yeah. Well, he said. <laughs> and then, um, in the next scene. Well, actually, one more thing. About why do we always do this? I don't I know. Just, I'm like, okay, I move. I finished my notes. I'm like, okay, obviously, Joe's I say, the same page. I, say, I don't know. I was I say that, like, do you want to move on? Maybe I don't. I don't know. We'll we find do. out later when we realize we do it. Yeah. But I was going to say that, Gret, like, we see cowardice, how that's seen in society. How yeah. friends, like, if they see us talking to Sam, they'll think we're cowards too. Like, it's not a disease. It's not a disease. It's not, like, it's not contagious. Like, I'm not, like, I'm, you're not craving if you touch someone. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting how they play that how it's done yeah like people see us talk people see us talking to him like yeah. but it makes sense in their society because in this world battles and everything are how in combat is like the that's the way of the world yeah so to be assumed 
to be a coward is a very stigmatized thing because, oh, you're a coward, you're not a good warrior, so you're not fit for society. So if, if I'm talking to a coward, now I'm a coward. Meanwhile, there's so many other jobs they can do, maester. Yeah. Like, so many other jobs. You don't have to be some masculine knight. I mean, if, if that were the case, there'd be no there'd be nothing getting done. Yeah. Anyway, I'm on the next scene now, if you're okay, ready. Okay, now we're on the same page. So when Sam goes on the wall, my first thought was, so Alistair obviously put Sam there as a punishment to John. Yeah. Like, you want to defend your lady love? Now you have to spend time with her. What? He really is making me I think mean, of... it helps in a, in a way he didn't expect, though. But he's really making me think of Book Snape. Yeah. Because Book Snape is really just mean. Yeah. And, like, there is no reward at the wall in Alistair for Alistair Thorne. No. Like, you defend someone? I'm just going to punish you with putting this guy with you. Well, they know they become best friends. But still, like, in Alistair Thorne's mind, you don't get rewarded for this. No. Like, if you go against my will, no matter if it's morally good, you're done. Yeah, Which is one of the reasons I really like how John does this, because, like, there is a negative of consequence. Because a lot of the stuff in the, this show is you do the right thing, and often you're standing in the back because the characters who are doing the wrong thing are the ones who are getting things done. Because that's how it works. Yeah, I mean, but it it's a quote-unquote punishment because it works out. That's, it went out of Thorne's book, yeah. the consequence. Yeah, um, I only have one thing to talk about in this scene. Okay. And I think you know what it is. I just want to say real quick before we get in there, because yours is much bigger than my thing. I John is giving Sam here tough love. Yes. Like when he's like, come over by the fire. It's freezing. And Sam's like, no, no, I'm good. And he's like, no, you're not. Like he's giving this firm, like, demanding tone, like, get your ass over here. But it's to help him. It's not like, as you're going to get into, like his father or Alistair Thorne. It's, I'm trying to help you. It's tough love. And this actually enable Sam to become tougher later on. Because like, it's imploring him to help himself, whereas people like Alistair are aggressive to the point where they're literally beating him to the ground, and he can't get up. So the point where yeah. he's begging for reprieve. Whereas John's like, give him a little firm tone, but like to help you. Like, I'm not going to push you down, not help you up. Like, well, is that the Robert quote? Like, when you beat a man down or something like that? You help him back up. You help him back up. That's important. I think that was Aegon. The Conqueror. Oh, it was someone in the story. Yeah, I don't think yeah. Robert has that. Like when you have them, on, when you have them on your knees, it's your job to help them back on their feet. Yeah. All right. What's your thing? Uh, it's about Randall Tarley. Okay. Because I, because I was it, in the scene, Sam talks about what Randall Tarley did to him, like saying, "You have to go to the wall, or I'll kill you." Yeah. And I thought that's just the iceberg to yeah. all the terrible things that Randall Tarley did. Yeah. So I wrote them down. Good, because honestly, the show does not make Randall Tarley look as bad as he was. Like he's really bad. Yeah. I mean, keep in mind, Sam is 15 at this point, and he was 14 when he left for the wall. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right? He was 14 when he left. Or was he 15? Because it was on his name day. 15, I think. Okay. Uh, I don't think he makes it clear. Yeah. So, so first, well, not first, but one of the things I said, he has he has Sam dressed in his mother's clothes, which in this world, that's a very taboo thing to do. Yeah. Like dressing in, a man dressing in woman's clothes is just not heard of. It's mm. It would be definitely frowned upon, if it's not punished. It's humiliating. Yeah. And uh, he has his master of arms abuse him to toughen him up, douse him in bull's blood by warlocks to have him, like, like to make him brave through spells, and almost had him drown in a pond to force him to swim. Like, these are just a few things he did. Doesn't he, like, strangle him with chains or something? Oh, I'll get this. Okay. And then when Sam dared to say, I think I want to be a maester. Oh, you know there what we Randall Charlie did? He said, be, see how you like it, and hung him by a chain for three days. What? No, don't say it. <laughs> you can't say it. An asshole. 
All right, that's fine. What and an then, asshole. Oh, I went further than this. And all of this was before his brother Dickon was born? Yeah. And you know when how old Sam was when Dickon was born? How old? Nine. Wow. All that what? was when he was, before he was nine years old. I want to quote, quote Fleabag so bad right now. Don't do but it. But the line is so inappropriate. Those are just a few things. I'm sure there's more. Yeah. Randall Tarly is the biggest piece of shit in West. Just, just hearing all these stories. Like, and not only is he a trauma to Bran, I, to Sam, <laughs> he's a trauma to Brienne, which they just show doesn't have happen when Brienne, Brienne has an incident with him too. And at one point he's basically like, he's like, he basically says like, you get raped, it's your own fault. Oh, we should probably send out a warning for triggering then. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. We didn't know we were going to mention that. I didn't know we were going to mention Brienne. I totally forgot. I, I saw my notes real quick. Yeah. But all I have to say is that Randall Tarly got what's coming to him. Daenerys, and I feel no I kidding. feel, I'm sorry, when the show makes you feel like Sam crying about Randall. No, it's not crying because he cares about them. It's crying because it's his trauma bond. Yeah. Not trauma bond, but it's like his trauma. It's, it's trauma. But I think he was crying more for Dickon. Yeah, but Dickon wasn't the best to me. Dickon was, no, he was not. Dick, Dickon was a whatever to him. Yeah, but... No, definitely what Randall Turley got, he deserved. I don't. Uh, that's the hell of Dion. Like Daenerys did nothing wrong with that killing. Rand- you, she did and wrong in the next season. No, yeah, she did nothing wrong with Randall Turley, and more than the reasons that were given, just because he was an asshole. I mean, like politically too. Like, wasn't there a point where a whore just like at, like spread a disease, and he was like, like yeah, like, they, no, I think this. What? Yeah, it was like a whore. Was it a whore? I thought it was a rape victim. Victim. Oh, was it? I don't remember. So a woman had sex with a bunch of guys, and they all got this, like sexual like I think STDs. Syphilis? I think they got syphilis. Yeah, and, and he said like wash her out with like this dangerous lie stuff soap, that would basically yeah. kill lie soap. It, I, it was basically she's dead. Yeah. Again, I don't know if she was raped or if she was a prostitute. I'm not sure which one it is. I guess we have to reread the books for that. But either yeah. way, you know the men had it coming. Well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they did the rape. And also, oh, on Daenerys killing him, I, I just read my notes. The best thing about Daenerys killing him is that he was killed by a powerful woman. Oh my god, yeah, the sexist guy got it coming. The most sexist man, like, really, like, really, like, he's the definition of toxic masculinity. His he really is. Like, I'm thinking, of, I'm trying to think of someone else who fits that better, and all I can think is Henry VIII. Oh, I mean, just the story. I don't In mean the story. Right. But oh, he no. is the most toxic man in the story, like, by far. Absolutely. And the fact that he gets killed and defeated. I mean, of course, dragons, but still. No. But, well, yeah. But, but defeated by a sneak attack, which he shows he can come in as the best general, by a yeah. woman. It's like the biggest middle finger to him. And I'm here for that. And D&D were like, but it's wrong. But it's wrong. I mean, you can argue whether like burning people alive is wrong. I mean, it's definitely it's wrong. It's definitely wrong. But, but in world, this world, <laughs> when we get to that scene... I will give my defense because I it is so defendable. Okay. In my anyway, opinion. let's move on for now. <laughs> yes, because I don't believe we see Randall, Randall Tarley until season six. Yeah, why? I don't know. So probably we'll probably come back for a while. I'm glad I don't like him. I don't want to see him. Yeah, no, but we he's the, the worst. Part where owns him for a minute. Yeah, that happens in the books. Catelyn owns him. Oh, we'll get there. I love that part. Um, but also, Sam's like, I'm not gonna get any better. The way he was treated is such a fixed mindset, and I'm glad that later he grows from that. He's like, I'm not gonna get better, but it's like you're gonna get better. You're gonna kill a White Walker. You're gonna find little. 
That was I a good scene. I think with the white. Oh no! You're gonna, you're gonna kill a white walker in season three. You're gonna find love. You're gonna care for a child that's not even yours. You're gonna become the, one of the best characters, but barring season eight, because everyone kind of suffers in that season, anyways. Yeah, I kind of don't even count him as a, like a character anymore. Yeah, so it's like you're gonna grow, point. and your mindset's gonna change, and that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I finished. Yeah, so that scene. But one of my favorite. So I actually wrote my favorite part of the whole John story is that after listening to this trauma, that's when John's really like, we have to help him. Yeah. Like, he's like, we have to help him because there's more to it than he's just some coward. There's a whole thing with this. Yeah. We need to be there for him. This is like, he's come here because he's nowhere else to go. So we can't just keep treating him the way he's been, been been treated. It's not how we do it. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Sorry, I'm looking oh. at my notes. <laughs> also, um, if you're not, I have another point. And I'm not sure you're ready for this point. Go. Madness watch for John. No. Oh my god. He has Targaryen blood. I mean it's that, there. It's not wrong, but I mean Like he did threaten to set a direwolf in one of his peers. Like Rast was like, Oh, I'm gonna do whatever I want. And John basically in the middle of the night puts like a gag on him as like nobody touches Sam. Like basically I know you sleep, I have a direwolf, I will set him on you. Yeah. If I, mean, I were Rast, I'd be like, This boy's crazy. It's insane, like this is not how someone's saying works. Like I don't know. I don't think it's nuts. Oh, I don't really either. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Showing the double standards. A lot of these things. Because as we Daenerys' madness watch will be going off on this episode too. Uh-huh. Undeservedly, but I had to put it in there because someone else made a point of it. Okay. Um, I'm trying to see what I wrote. Sorry. Oh, I said like um. Uh, what did I say? <laughs> what did I say? Oh, I said. That his re- like he has a good heart though his reason for doing this may be more for privi- his privileged experience. Yeah, and I said that's not a bad thing. I'm like yeah. I feel like when you say privilege, it sounds really bad. Yeah, but well, I mean, and then I said yeah. I'll, can I, I'm just reading from my nose because I'm just <laughs> okay. Like, I'm bumbling. That's fine. Uh, because he was new, he knew. Oh my god, <laughs> I can't even read anymore. <laughs> because he knew, it was, because he was of high standing before. He knows how to advocate for himself and others, and knows his ob- abilities already. Unlike Daenerys, he's using his privilege for the good, as we see he was doing in the last episode. Yeah. So, like, Daenerys never had that idea of being privileged because she was born in like poverty. Yeah. So she never had the experience of advocating for others. I think later though we'll see her recognize that she's privileged as the wife to Cal. Yeah. Well, we see. Well, it's a new. She's learning how to become powerful in her right own right. I just think it's interesting that seeing how. As Daenerys upgrades, she doesn't know how to use this new yeah. privilege, where Jon is downgrading and using the privilege he had yeah. for good. Yeah. Um, I also have another note um, on Jon attacking Rast, though. The fact that, like, what Jon did scared Rast so much that he was willing to go against Alistair Thorne, though literally the worst bully on the in the area. Yeah. Like, he was like, I'm not going to do it that... Yeah. I don't want Daryl upset me, but that's all... Yeah, then I, all I have now is, like, that last scene with them. Yeah, and I stand by John doing the right thing. Yeah, he definitely did the right thing. when he was like, do you want a man behind your back or a sniveling boy, Alistair, I should say. I feel like John proved he was more of a man than Alistair. Oh, I thought he was about Sam. Uh... But still, Sam will go to the stewards. Like, that's the system. Like, we need people serving stewards. Like, I don't think anyone's expecting Sam to go on a ranging mission. So why <laughs> are we treating him like he's going to go on a ranging mission? Good point. I have no answer. But, um, in that last scene, once again... With, as I said in episode 
one or two. Mm. I can't help but feel John's exaggerating the bastardy. Oh, I have a lot to say before we get to that. Oh my god, really? Yeah. So we, so I said we see the, how the wall has corruption. Oh yeah. Because the officers get to go to the brothels in Knowlestown. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you must remain chaste or whatever. And it's like, but they're allowed to go. Yeah. Because who's going to tell? Who's going to tell them no? And we, I think we later see how G or Mormont says, if we let, if we killed every man who went to the whore's house, we'd have no men. All I'm saying is, isn't that kind of corrupt though? Yeah, of course. What's with the name Sally? Poor Sally. I mean, it's just like Sally on the side. Yeah, back alley Sally. Is it? It's a southern thing too. Yeah, it's a southern because thing. because in the in the show John doesn't get it, and he's from the north. But Catalin and Sam from south go Sally, Sally, Sally. I wonder what Sally did. It's probably just slang for like prostitute. Oh, probably. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, is Sally even a name in this world? I guess now. Apparently, it is. I don't know. It just Sally's. Feel bad for Sally. Sally on the side. I feel so bad for her. But um, in this lesson, I really can't help but feel that John is exaggerating his bastardy, as I said in an earlier episode. Like, we see how like John saw like he did this little bit of regression from the last episode. Like he was all like, oh, like every I'm bastard. I'm this. I'm that. And then Tyrion's like, well, you obviously had it better than this guy, that guy, that guy. Oh, and wait a minute, everyone here. <laughs> I mean, basically, what he got. So John learns, and it's like, look, I recognize my privilege. Let me help people. But here we are again. Like, I'm a bastard, so that's why I didn't sleep with the woman because I don't want other bastards to live the way I did. John, you look pretty good. They would actually live worse than you. They would actually live a little worse than you. I mean, like, you look pretty good considering. Like, I mean, look at Sam's life. Yeah. I mean, I said it's not even that big of a deal, especially for a commoner, because what difference would it make for them if they were bastard or not? They'd just be as Exactly. It wouldn't know. make any difference, John. Stop exaggerating. It's not as if they have any rights now. You're so dramatic. Yeah. And I was like I was also gonna say, like, for a bastard of noble nobility, it's not that bad. I mean I have examples. <laughs> thousands would kill to have John's life. So I'm sorry if I don't feel bad every time I hear I'm a bastard, my li- so my life was terrible. No. Let's give an... I'm going to give an example. Give an example, why don't you? Did, I don't know if we already mentioned Robert of Gloucester, but I've got him back, if we have. I don't think we did. He was Empress Matilda's from our first episode. Yeah. Our half-brother. Yeah. He was the bastard of Henry I of England, and he was given the Earl of Gloucester. And Earl And lands in Normandy. Yeah. That's a lot of land. He was, he was like the most powerful nobleman. Yeah, in England... So much so that when he turned from the Stephen, King Stephen, in favor of Empress Matilda, that basically gave her an, a chance to attack. Yeah, it was his support. He was that well-known. And then when he and died, I, yeah, she had to go home. Yeah, because she lost that support. Not that she lost support, but like her position was weakened. But not even on that. Like All of Henry I's child, bastard children were treated like princesses. Like, yeah. Again, princess. Like, they married people. Like They were very well off. And I've got another one. Okay. Marie of Anjou. Yeah. She was the bastard cousin of Margaret of Anjou, who we've already talked about. Yeah. And she was used for political alliances. Not that that's good, but the fact that a bastard can be used for political alliance. Yeah. She was married to, like, a nobleman in England. Yeah. It's not your... It's, it's, I mean, part of it, like, you're, you are looked a little yeah. bit down on because you're no. But, like, on your blood, that matters more. Yeah, because she not only became the wife of a great earl, she became a lady-in-waiting to the queen. Yeah. And so much so that she served Margaret throughout the war, and she was captured with her. Yeah. 
So she was so such an important lady in waiting that she went with her into exile and back in, in captivity. Yeah. So you're gonna tell me the bad. I mean, they they're just it, there's no real difference other than the fact that they can't officially inherit your land, but they can be given land. Yeah. If Ned wasn't gonna give John lands, that that's, that's Ned's, Ned's. That's that's Ned's business. That's not like I'm a bastard. My life is crap. No, it's your no, life you, is pretty good. You could have been given land, and your best friends at Rob. You don't think Rob would treat you well? Like, come on, stop yeah. it. Halloween might not like you, but I doubt she has that much influence to convince Rob to, like, exactly. not give her anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Alistair walks in. Oh, my God. And I think his story is actually perfect for explaining, like, why he is so tough and terrible. Besides, like, how, gosh, the walls we said in the last um, episode. Yeah. Because if you're unprepared for the horrors that wait outside there, you're not going to survive. So in his own weird, messed up way, he's like, the reason I'm kicking you to the ground is so you can learn to get back up. So when you're out there, saying. I don't know. Is that no? He's, he's bullying them further. He's saying, "Oh, you think you're cold? We'll go through this and then get back to me the cold." Like, I'm sorry, Alex. Can I look for the good in some people? No, not even. Sorry, you can't. <laughs> but I don't think you said. I feel like we can't compare misery to everyone because then, then no one's allowed to be happy or sad. Yeah. So I'm sorry that you went through hell, but if it's cold, I'm gonna say it's cold. It might be a bit nippy, but I'm dead. Yeah. I but hate me, the cold. I still. I think it's his reasoning. But I don't agree with it. Like I think like there's a difference between being like aggressive, like as John is to help you get back yeah. up, and being a bully. Well, like, Alistair thinks no, he's just being like a little like no, tough. No, he does not. You don't think so, Michael? He talks about how the horses die first, so we had to eat them, and then we ha- when the well, one thing he's telling the story that we were unprepared. We had to eat the men. Oh, and Sam, if you were with us, you would have been so good. That's that's supposed to be inspirational. I didn't say it was inspiring. That's supposed to be, I'm doing this for your own good. Oh, no, no, don't get me wrong. I think Alpha Thorne is definitely being a bully and definitely scaring them. But I think it, I think when looking at it, you get, like, the idea for what he is, like, why he is that way. What do you think of Bias Dothrak? I thought it looked pretty similar to the book for the most part, besides, like, the trees and, like, the hills that were around, though. I, now I'm thinking about it, there was no, like, room for, like, the Mother of Mountains. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like the scenery. Yeah, it was it was nice. It just wasn't it kinda, book accurate, but well, I mean, what's, it's not well, really that big of a deal. It kind of came to the end of Dothraki Sea. Although the, the Mother of Mountains really is a big deal, I guess. Yeah, it's like, it's nowhere. I don't see it. Like Maybe it was that those hills. Oh, that tiny little hill that's right next to them. That's the Mother of Mountains. Well, it wasn't tiny. It was, it was more, I think it was more like a plateau, maybe? Yeah, it wasn't like, the it's not what you would think the Mother of Mountains. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it still kept the theme that was in the book, because in the book, Khal Drogo goes up there, and he's not allowed to bring Daenerys with him, because she's a woman. Oh. Yeah, so here we kind of see that repeat, because in the show, he and his blood riders go forward. Yeah. And then Daenerys just stays back, and doesn't and doesn't follow. She kind of goes in her own time. Oh. As if she's not allowed to be with him for that moment. Yeah. Wow, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, for me, when um, the number one thing I wrote down when I when the scene happened, I was like, Viserys, yeah. you need to shut your mouth." Oh no, absolutely. I said that he has no respect for the Dothraki. Like he just has none. Yeah, that's what got him killed. He's literally bad mouthing the people he wants to lead to war. Like, be, can they even them. hear him? Like, can they understand him? I mean, there were some that could understand, like the common tongue and Valyrian stuff, okay. and they'd probably be around Daenerys. That's because that would be an easier transition for her. Yeah, he calls the city a pile of mud. 
Yeah, I mean, what a dummy. I mean, and Daenerys is like marveling at it. Like, it's the coolest thing she's ever seen. I mean, it's not cool. I mean to me, it's not like it's the coolest thing. But like, still, you don't insult it. No, but it shows respecting the culture versus not respecting it. He, it has consequences to it. Yeah. And it's like, in the scene, Daenerys kind of like, shuts him down or tries to. She's like, these she are my people. She tries to stand up for herself. And Viserys kind of shuts her down. They're like, no, it's my army. It's my army. They can tell Drogo's marching the wrong way. My army, you mean nothing. Which wouldn't have, you wouldn't have realized that if you just stayed in Pentos like everyone was telling you to. Yeah. This whole thing could have been a lot easier for you. Absolutely. And then he's like, my army, my army goes ahead and no one follows. No one follows. They follow Daenerys. Yeah, because she's their Khaleesi. Exactly. It's just like, it's funny because he has no power and yet he doesn't seem to understand he has no power. Yeah. He thinks like, I can do whatever I want. Meanwhile, no one's impressed with him, and he, he doesn't seem to be understanding that. Yeah, and then, as they're marching down through the way, I kind of noticed they didn't have the gods that were in the books. Yeah. Because in the books, there's this long walkway, and on that walkway, there's all these gods that were stolen from other cities that fell. Yeah. So it really shows how br- brutal the Dothraki are, that they, they literally have the walkway be into their city, be, look at what we've taken, yeah. what we destroyed. Yeah. I, I, I kind of wish they had that. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the biggest deal, but no. it would have been very cool. I understand, like, budget and stuff. Like, it's not, like, you can't just put that stuff in there, but it would have been very cool yeah, to see. Uh, yeah, I agree. And so this, Daenerys and Jorah have a conversation as they're riding, and would Robert really be fool enough to lead an open ar- like an open well, battle with Robert, Robert tells us he wouldn't. In the next episode, he says, only a fool would meet them in the, in the oh, field. Oh, so Jorah just doesn't understand them. Or is it a plot hole? Because, I just think George doesn't understand them. See, we're different because D&D, we know that they have, they're bad at writing. So I, so when I see some, something like this, is it just That's true. Writing? That's true. But I really do think Rob... Like, because it's something that Jorah says in the books, and then they have, oh, let's give a scene to Robert. And, and they had, don't know what for Robert to say. And, oh, maybe just reacting to this potential invasion. Yeah. And we'll have him say what he thinks. And it just retconned what Jorah said. I just think that this scene, I think it does point to George not understanding her because he doesn't know him personally. Well, doesn't he? Not really. Well, they've met. They've met, but doesn't mean you know someone personally. Yeah, but maybe being under his rule for so long, he kind of figured well, out he sees like thing. he sees like a vicious man and thinks, oh, he would just be stupid enough to actually run out and face Dothraki. Meanwhile, he doesn't know Robert. Like, Robert knows Robert. So Robert's like, no, why would I actually do that? It's stupid. Okay, yeah, I'll give that to you. I still think it's a plot hole, but I think it's the one that can be filled. Yeah. I also love how Jorah starts bad-mouthing Night Stark. And Daenerys, weirdly, not that she likes Night Stark, but she really defends him. She's like, you sold slaves. Like, you did a bad thing. Like, well, we, we are, at this point, we know that she has a problem with it. We saw in the last episode. So she definitely doesn't like that Jorah did that. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying it's interesting that she would defend Ned Stark. Because she's been taught that Ned Stark is the worst piece of crap. Yes. That's how she's been growing up on. Yeah, actually, I actually wrote about that. I said that, like, that this is important for Daenerys' character because we have to understand that Daenerys has no real knowledge of Westeros except yeah. from Viserys and Jorah. And she was raised by basically biased and flawed accounts of what happened. Yeah. Because in the books, Barristan's talking about Ned and she basically says, he's no better than Tywin. Yeah. And Barristan's like, no, he's actually not a bad guy. And she says, no, he is bad. Like, she she doesn't understand yeah. that he's different. 
She does not get it. It's not a good thing for her future invasion because when she comes there, assuming that everyone's just the same based yeah. on Viserys, then it's going to be a problem. So that actually leads me to a question too. If Viserys, let's say Viserys did manage to get the Dothraki army, he invaded and he won. What would he do with Ned Stark, Tywin? Like, would he? He would just have them all executed, right? Oh, definitely. So wouldn't that that'd be stupid though because they have families that would not bend the knee. They would just have, want to avenge their families and be killed. It's It fits his character perfectly. And I'm thinking, Daenerys, if she had arrived without Tyrion, she would have been the same boat. I think she would have been like, these are all the same people to me, I'll kill them. The benefit, though, is that they all kill themselves. Like, you know, by the time she gets over to Westeros, Ned Stark's dead, Tywin's dead, yeah. Jon Arryn's long dead, Robert's long dead. Yeah. So for her, so she doesn't have that issue where she just deals with the, the remnants of them. And they're all fighting each other. Yeah. So they're killing themselves. Yeah, I just think it's an important factor to understand Daenerys in that scene. Oh, one hundred percent in the book, though, when she's talking about Ned, because it's a because we have to under because it's a good way of showing that Daenerys does not have a full knowledge, and that she doesn't understand that Eris is mad. She comes to terms with that, but she's not ready to hear about it. Yeah, and it's just an interesting fact that the show never addresses, which I think might be a problem. Oh yeah, I think so too, and. I wish the story addressed Jorah's wife, um, Lynette Hightower, mm-hmm. far more than they did. She has this one throwaway line where there is just one important aspect to her that I will we'll talk more about when we get to season two because when it comes relevant in the books. Okay. And but I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I know where she and where she is right now. In case anyone, yeah, that, that you can say. That's yeah. Fine. At this point, she's a, a Lysenny courtesan to a lord there. Yeah. And she's basically so powerful that even the man's wife is afraid of her. Yeah. And Lys is like a slave city, right? Yeah. So basically in the books kind of could be like a problem for Daenerys. But she has like this weird link in there that could either do good or bad. Oh yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. And also, Linus Hightower, she's from the House Hightower. And I just wanted to make it like say that House Hightower may not be that important in this show. But there are going to be very major characters. In House of the Dragon. Oh yeah, like they're gonna be like the main character, like one of the main characters. Yeah, keep keep that name Hightower in your mind because they you will be seeing a lot of. I them. mean, I mean, it's not a spoiler to say that we know who's that they're that characters that are of the House Hightower have been. Cast. Oh no, I know because if you look at the the stuff that they released, they said Alicent and Otto Hightower. They're very important. To the story. Very important. And then we go to the scene with Daria and Viserys, and I think that scene is so interesting because it's so good at showing. Viserys being a teacher and like talking about the dragons and his family, and it really shows like what kind of knowledge Daenerys grew up on, because like yeah. the brave men didn't kill the dragons; they're the ones who rode them. They created the great civilization, Valyria, that was ever in this world. That's the kind of stuff Daenerys was being raised on. And yeah, I mean it's not totally untrue because Valyria is one of the greatest places. Like most stories do that, anyways. But it's interesting that like they have this really biased like we're great. Everything our ancestors did was great. Yeah, like. It really does make you a little. It also makes you a little sympathetic to him. So you get more of his backstory, like how he's like how his father would walk him down the throne room and be like, "Name that dragon." He would give him a little sweets. Like yeah. it's, it's like a fa- that's the father he remembers. That's the father he remembers being murdered. So for him, he remembers this great guy that would do these things for him, and that's what he's telling Daenerys. He's not telling her that he did like he burned people alive. Yeah, he wasn't. He probably was shielded from that by his mom. He didn't even know that he was mad. Exactly, his mother shielded him from the insanity. So for him, it's like these people just made up these rumors about about his father being mad and kill, to kill him. And by default, Daenerys does not know. Daenerys doesn't know. It's something that in by book three and, 
in book five that she's she's clearly by then aware yeah that Eris is mad but she's not ready to hear how and also I think if she knew how she'd be more understanding of why Ned Stark was an enemy yeah which I think is unfortunate because if she doesn't know that story then she's not going to understand Ned and then she's going to keep hating him exactly which I don't think it's entirely fair although yeah. I do get it yeah but also like the Mad King had to have been insane then because like even though Viserys doesn't remember that he got all the names wrong Oh my god, all the dragon names in this scene were just flat off. Except like, for three. Except for Meraxes, Vagar, and Valerian. That's like the bare minimum. Like, and, everyone knows but, that. But, I mean, that's because when the show, when season one was written, George and Martin had not established the other dragons. So they were just making up names, and George and Martin was like, I'm not going to follow that, I'm going to make my own names that I want to talk about. Didn't he have some of them at that point? No? Maybe, maybe quick mentions. Right. But not for the show to... I guess not for, like, D&D to actually do their research on. God yeah. forbid. But just keep in mind that none of those dragons will be in-house with a dragon because they don't exist. Except for Vagar. Yeah, Ve- well, Vagar will be in the show. He'll be the biggest dragon since Valerion. Yeah. But Meraxes and Valerion, who are real, are not there. They're, they're long gone by this point. Not long not, gone. Well, Valerion's not long gone, but they're, they're, they're gone. But absolutely no other dragons in that, in that speech were there. No. Because nah, they didn't exist. Yeah. And then Viserys kills the mood. What was that? I mean, Darai maybe shouldn't have said, like, that's sad while she's making out with the guy. Because then he's like, yeah, why did I pay? Like, yeah, he just killed the mood. Like, it was very, like, in, like sexually intense. Like, you know, yeah. like, like, you could really feel, like, the energy coming off of them. And then, like, like oh, oh, it's getting a bit much. <laughs> I couldn't watch and, anymore. And, and then, like, he's literally saying dragon's names as he, yeah. I'm, I don't know how that but, turns you on, but, you and, know, you do you. And then, then just like after that, it's like, why did I buy you? Like you're here for me, like like you know. And then he's like, just get on with it. Yeah, actually, I noticed something that is that this like when he says that she says, oh, I came here because I needed to help Daenerys uh, perform with Drogo. And he said, you think I paid you, bought you to make Drogo happy? And I thought, oh my goodness, Viserys's life seems to be the center around Daenerys at this point, not the other way around. Yeah, it seems like. Everything that's going on in his life is because Daenerys. Yeah. And it, in, in his mind, it should be the other way around. Because he's the heir. He's the last dragon. Yeah. And I think this is what angers Viserys for the next scene when he comes in. And we can just go right there. No, I have a few more things I want to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I just, I, I just ha- you left me in the dust a little bit. You were bit. giving me a good transition. I wanted to take it. Well, <laughs> sorry. But did you notice the scene where she drips the candle wax on him? He burns. Yeah. Because he goes, ow. That's not for it's not, not an actual owie. They're kind of like a like. But a, it's kind uh, of like a when Daenerys says he was no dragon, you can kind of go back and be like, oh yeah. But I don't think that's like it's not foreshadowing. It's foreshadowing, but it's not like build up to that. I think the build up is in other aspects. That yeah, he's just failing to get control of the Dothraki or even earn the respect. I think yeah, for, that's why foreshadowing is not just the only thing to do sub, to subvert expectations. You have to have build up. Yeah, that's why this yeah. works. Exactly. And then I also have a question about the dragon skull. Yeah. Will we see any in House of the Dragon? Well, we know from the teaser trailer that there was like a some kind of shrine to Beleriand. Okay. There's only two other dead dragons I can think of at the top of my head, Quicksilver and Maraxes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they'd be displaying them. I mean, it'd kind of be nice if you have like one big shrine to Beleriand and then like two skulls next to the throne. But we didn't see it in the trailer. Because so I, I think, don't that think so. been, that would have been so cool. Well, where else are you going to put them at this point? So I, I, don't, I really you don't know. You could put them over the throne. No, no, I'm saying like, we didn't see them in the trailer, so it doesn't look like they're there. Maybe so, they'll set them up. Maybe be? we'll be set up in the middle of the series. Maybe it's something they'll do later. Yeah, it's possible. Because yeah, I think that'd be so cool. Yeah, because I'm not sure when that would become a thing. Because there's not a lot of dead dragons. That'll come later. 
Yeah, that's true. All right. Um, want to see if there's anything else I have to say about this scene? I guess not. Okay. And then we get to Viserys being terrible, dragging the woman he was having sex with by the hair. Like, just no respect. Like, I don't get him. Like, well, I get him. And then throwing her. I don't get him. Yeah. <laughs> then he, like, throws her Daenerys' feet and calls the woman a whore and is like, like, she's literally crying. I'm like, you're just having sex with this girl. Like, you're really going to be like that? And it's like Daenerys is just, like, trying to calm the situation. She's like, it's okay. Like, we can talk this through. She said she wanted him to be there so they can make peace. Yeah, that's the whole reason. In the, the book, the show doesn't really get into it, but in the book... Well, she said she wanted to invite him to suffer. Well, yeah, but they the book really gets more into it. Like, gets more description. Like, she's yeah. in a good place. She's like, I want to have peace with my brother. Like, let's make... Let's, you know, let bygones be bygones. But she's like, Dari, go bring him over. And then Dari made the mistake, or according to Preston Jacobs, not so much a mistake, of saying, the, the Khaleesi commands you. And that enraged because her sister commanding him. When it really wasn't that. When it was just like a an invitation. Yeah, and like it does make you think though, if this had got if Jariah hadn't said command you, but we don't even know if she did say command. That's true. Viserys might have just interpreted it. That's very true. He might true. have chosen to interpret it as she commands you, and she said, "Uh, she would like you to come." Yeah, I can see him being like, "She wants me to come." Yeah, I agree. But yeah. like, if that had gone okay, like, would things have been different? I think I think it was inevitable that Viserys. I do think it was, was inevitable. Of, I think Viserys' fate was inevitable. The second he left Pentos, his fate was sealed. Yeah, he was too he was too close minded to actually embrace his own yeah. culture. And then we see how like she's trying to treat him as a king. She's saying like, "I didn't command you." Yeah, and he doesn't listen. He's just like ramping up. He's already in a rage. So I think he doesn't care about Daenerys. He doesn't care yeah. her explanations, and that's his death because. Suddenly, he cares about Daenerys at the end, but it's too late. Well, yeah, when it's convenient. Like, Daener- Daenerys, tell him, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And it, like, he's, like, he's, like, starts insulting her peace offering. And she's, like, what she's, her peace offering is, is trying to help him integrate into Dothraki culture. Yeah, like, earn their respect, and he refuses. He's still refusing to try to understand, because his culture is somehow superior. Yeah, like, he's, like, Dothraki rags, and she's, like, you look like a king. Like you'll, they'll respect if you dress like that. Because you're dressing, you're dressing in these Westerosi clothes. Yeah, he's still dressed in the same clothes he marched out on. They're all gross. Yeah, his and refusal, not even his like trying to respect the other culture, but to his refusal to even a bit like just put his aside for a little bit for survival alone. Yeah, is just stupid. Because he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. He's actually vulnerable here. Yeah, like like and he's carrying a sword. Was he carrying a sword here? No, he was not. Okay. As far as I'm aware, he was not. Nothing, not not too noticeable. Okay, and like, I mean, I kind of get the idea of wearing Westerosi clothes because you can't come over to Westeros when you get there in Dothraki, like you know, like Dothraki clothes. Because yeah. then the people will be like, "You're you're a foreigner." So I get that, but like right now, assimilate. Yeah, right now, play the game. Yeah, do what you have to do. And that's when Daenerys throws the great insult, when he like you have no right to a braid. Like, you have won no victories. They just slap in a face he can get. And then he slaps her in turn. Yeah, knocks her down. And starts, like, starts, like, like what's the word I'm looking for? Pinning her down? And, like, saying, like, you are a horse or slut. Uh, and all that. And then she takes the, the chain that she was going to give him. And she hits and it. Throws it oh! across his face. And now we get in a very empowering moment. Because this is finally when Daenerys gets that independence. That's finally, this is the final severing between them. They are done. Like, yes, Viserys has one more episode to go, 
But, but he's basically done. But this is it for him. Yeah. They're done. They have no good relationship anymore. The relationship is dead. They're they're just somebody they used to know. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And it's his fault. And one hundred and ten percent his fault. But some people don't see it that way. Some people see this as madness watch. Oh, the madness watch back. This is the first clue that we get, apparently, according to this one author of this book I never bothered to look up. No, it's uh why well, I'm eventually, I'm eventually going to read the book. It's just that I don't have the time. The author what wrote the book like like in 2019, I want to say, basically, like after the season 8, basically saying how we should have known Daenerys was going to go mad the entire time. And she was she basically compared all Daenerys fans to Trump supporters because we don't see reason and we don't actually look at the evidence. Of course, no one actually sees reason in anything. Yeah. So, so But here we are looking at the evidence they provide. So she said that this was her first sign of going crazy because she said she threatened to cut Viserys' hands off. <sighs> Dear God. It's just that the idea of doing of that argument is based on modern, on a modern perspective. Yeah. It's just, if she had the historical lens up like we do, then she would know immediately that that's just not how it is. Yeah. That's what you say. Like, when you, when you, someone of great standing, like a Khaleesi, a queen, you lose the hand. The hand is gone. It's royal blood is very. It's a big deal. Okay, and and like I said, this is the final. This is one. Well, I mean, there's one more final severing. I'll give that. But this is like the final severing. They're no longer brother and sister at this point. No, it does not matter that you, like it's like like oh, but it's her brother. So family can be pretty abusive, and I think people families that are abused have a have the right to break away and say things like that yeah because i mean like like i mean like does he like pinch beats her okay he insults her so it's 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 not okay to defend yourself against an abuser that's you're crazy if you say don't touch me or i'm gonna cut your hand off in a time period we're cutting off the hand of someone who touched royal blood is uh is yeah i mean the thing this is dinner saying don't mess with me anymore i am not yours to play around with i have power i can command your hand to be taken off if i want to I mean, I remember in Alison Weir's books, like on her, on her historical fiction books, Catherine of Aragon, when she was going through so much pain and stuff, people would still be afraid to touch her because she was queen. Like, it was yeah. a big deal to touch a monarch. Yeah. So to have it be like, oh, she's mad because, oh, he laid, she's threatening to cut his hands off. It's just ludicrous. It's just, it's like the level of stupidity you have to have when looking back. You're just trying to make a claim to make yourself a big deal. But guess what? You found no logic. You found something that you thought was, oh, what a true thing. And I mean, you yeah, failed. It's, like, it's like, what's wrong with you? Like, this is an abused victim breaking away, and we're going to be like, oh, she's clearly insane. It's just dumb. It's, it's just like, I, I don't I have nothing else to say about this. Yeah, no, I have nothing else to say. I mean, spe- seeing the bruise in her face later in the next scene, it was a pretty bad slap, too, he gave her. So to be like, to have, like, your notepad open, be like, ha she's nuts now. <laughs> oh, is it a bruise in her face? Uh, still nuts. Like, Still nuts, yeah. I am starting to question who's the real nuts one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I have nothing more to say to that. For Madness Watch, this does not meet the criteria. It does not match anything. Because, did we establish what the criteria were? There is no, the, the criteria is basically, is it, is it crazy enough out of context? Like, in context, is it still something we consider crazy? And, or is it just like, oh, let, like, I guess. No, there's no, like, rules for it. It's basically like, it's like looking at it and giving context for the t- like historical context and being how it's non thing to say cut some hands off. No, 
And like, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, other characters get mad as much too. They don't ma- meet the criteria either. They're, like, it's just, it's just if you actually look at it and you actually interpret it, does do you feel it matches? And I do not feel it matches. I agree. And they'll probably be more like this. I mean, a lot of Daenerys stuff, quote unquote, Madness Watch will probably end up like this because context. Because even though it's like, oh, like, let's say, like, oh, she burned someone. There's only one burn that I can think that I really, that we'll I think talk about that. We'll get more into that. But for me, it's like context of Westeros, they have dragons. They have to show they're going to use them. Yeah. Anyway. For the most part. Anyway, it gets to the next scene. Yeah. Unless you have anything else to say. No, that's, that's it. It, I mean, one actually, I have to do this one I had hidden away. I kind of already said this already, but like the transition from in the last episode, like conforming to new culture, this transition was empowerment for her. Absolutely. Breaking away from, like, I finally breaking away and getting that empowerment to say, "Don't mess with me. I am the Khaleesi." Not, I don't want to say empowerment. I want to say independence. Well, she seems a little empowered. Well, her authority comes from Keldrogo still. It's not her. Well, own. in her mind, she's empowered in a way that she didn't. So, in her mind, she's empowered because she doesn't see it any way she can get even more empowered. No. Will she know the end of the season? They're, like, she's as powerful as any woman can be. Yeah, but in that's, time period. that's still not all powerful. We've already we've but talked in, already about... In her, in her mindset, she, it is. But we've already talked about how in the last episode she knows her limits. Well, I'm saying empowered for her. Dan, like, as all a right. woman, you can't get better than a queen who has, who has a lot of influence with her husband. Alright. That's what I'm saying. Um, and then I don't really have a lot for her final scene. Just that I mean, this is the complete severing. I think. When oh, she... I have something else. Is that? Oh, yeah. When she says she's like, she clearly feels a little bit guilty, a little bit of guilt for hitting the stairs and questioning if she should have done that. That's an automatic sign that she's not insane. Because you don't question what you do when you're insane. You think I don't you're... know if I would interpret it that way. No, that's a hundred percent what it is. She said, "I hit him. No, I shouldn't have done that." I thought she was. I mean, yeah, I thought it was like almost like a final, like an abuse victim thing, like. Like, oh my god, what's going to be the repercussion for this? That's how but I if she was ma- if she was nuts, she wouldn't be thinking Oh, that. no, no. By no means, so yeah. it's still in that criteria of, well, she's still questioning. She's still questioning what she did. Yeah. yeah. If she didn't question it, then it, I get, I mean, not even then, because like, it's, it's just the context of the time. Yeah, and then and then we also see that Jorah just has no respect for yeah. Viserys. He says he's nothing but the shadow of a snake. This is basically the end of their relationship, because, and this seems, what's more of this seems that she finally says, he can't take us back to Westeros. No one wants him as king because no one respects him. Even exiles who sold slaves are like, no, he can't do anything. Yeah, he, the, 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 I mean, until the, I mean, there's three that very last scene where it's the finally over for them. Yeah, but this is that's it. She finally admitted, I can't trust her to take us home. He has, I'm, I, like, it's not gonna be him. I mean, she was never gonna go back anyway because she was Caldrogo's wife. Why well, yeah, but back? but uh, yeah, I guess she meant like he couldn't take Westeros, like. I mean, I think she she would go with her husband, and then she'd probably yeah. he'd probably even land. Yeah, and then I have the, my final thing to say. Yeah, is that is the, in um, Jorah says that the people don't care who's king. Yeah, they just want like what was it, war, food, shelter, and stuff. Yeah, summer to last forever. See, I feel like a lot of people use this quote from the books because I believe it's more in depth than the books. Yeah, they use this quote to be like people in the Middle Ages didn't care who was king, and like they didn't care about the politics. Yeah. I don't think that's actually accurate. You don't? No, because when you're really thinking about it, it does it the what happens in court and in politics in that time period affects them as much as it affects us. Gotcha. So why wouldn't they have political opinions? We're just assuming, oh, they didn't care because their lives were so bad. Our lives aren't that great either. <laughs> I would think that people had still had to care what was going on because at the end yeah. of the day as much it as was the country. As much as we do. Yeah, they we know they had nationalistic pride and love for their country, so I would think that they would have 
their own opinions of what was going on. Yeah. Because, like, we're talking about, oh, the war is going on and the people are just being dragged into it and they don't care. They might have actually really cared. We know, like, I'm going to bring up an example. In, in 1471, when the Lancastrian army was coming, marching north, they wanted to go through Gloucester and King Edward IV tried to cut them off and he sent messages ahead closing up the city of Gloucester. The people in there were rioting because they wanted to let them through because they wanted Lancaster to win. But they didn't go through. They had to go north because like Edward's commanders were just unwilling to let the people decide. Dicks. So doesn't that kind of point to the fact that people did care? At least on some level. Yeah, if they weren't being... I think it's like, if they're not doing well under the the monarch, like the, the king of the time, they'll change their allegiance to the next person. Yeah. It just, I feel like people are like, Oh, they never care. I, feel like I think I think it has a point though. Like they just want this and that and that. They don't care rules. But I think they care when things aren't going well. Like if, if things are going good, stay as king, fine. But if, if things are going bad, we don't like you. We want someone else. But that's modern politics now. Well, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 not really that different. It's just that now, it's just a different time. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's things that are different, but not in that sense. Yeah. In that general term. I agree. Is this Sansa's first time in the throne room? I think it's a lot of people's first time in the throne room. That's true. Well, no, but, I mean, Ned was in there before. We know historically Yeah, there have been was. many schemes, though, in the throne room. There's been, like, what, three in total so far? Yeah, but I feel like... Yeah, it's still significant, but still. Okay, okay, you don't care. Well, I mean, I just like, I didn't think of that, but, like... And she's, like, complaining about, worrying about not having any sons. Well, I think she's still in this, like, state of, like, depression. Mm-hmm. And rightfully well, yeah. so. The book's kind of, like, you're like, oh, she's not that upset. Let's books just skip over this period, yeah. And they had the show as more long last, which I think is a smarter move, in my opinion. I agree. Well, I agree with that. The showrunners did that. Yeah, and it's like it seems more like a like it's like a, it's giving Sansa something to do, and it's also good like giving background on what happened to Ned's father and brother, giving more context on it. Yeah, but it's an interesting. It's interesting. Oh my goodness, I can't <laughs> speak. What's wrong with me? Yeah, but it's interesting that Sansa has no idea what happened. Yeah, we sh- Catelyn didn't know. It'd be shielded from. It's just it's brutal. But would the men know? Would Rob know what happened? I think he shielded from all the kids. But why? Because I don't think Ned wants to know it himself. No, but like it's still a big deal. It's like, still a whole reason for a war. I don't think Ned. I think Ned just want. I think Ned is the type of guy who'd shield his kids from that. Mostly because he wanted to shield, shield himself from stuff like that. I mean, that's his father and brother. I don't think he wants to talk about them dying that way. So I think he'll just say, "Yeah, the Mad King had them killed." Okay. It just, but. It, Puts into it makes me wonder if there's if they know anything about what happened in the war, or if they know as much as we the reader know, or less than us. Maybe just as much. Maybe like they know the like especially the younger they are, they know the rough beats, but they don't know like maybe Rob has more of like a a knowledge of the war, whereas like Sansa and Arya, Bran and Rickon, who are like girls and young boys, they weren't taught as much about. It, so they just know the basics. Okay. But um, also in this scene when Septimore Jane's like, you will find it in your heart to fear your father. And Sam's like, no, I won't. You're going to be regretting those. Words. I wrote that too. Isn't that so funny? Yeah. Like, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure, like, like she doesn't have the best relationship with her father as we see in the last episode when he gave her the doll. And she, yeah. Like, he, he, doesn't, does not... he doesn't understand her. She doesn't understand him. And it's sad because, like, they're never going to get, like, that moment to connect. Connect. But she's going to realize that she did love her father. See, yeah, that's nice. But then later they have it be like, Sam's like, oh, I knew my father so well. They do that with a lot of characters. I don't think anyone. I don't. Well, it, well, no. Sansa's the only one that's out right now, because Arya has a good relationship with Ned. Cause she's more tomboyish, so he that's can. True. He can relate more with her. Yeah. So when Sansa say like when the when the white winds what was it when the white winds blow and 
You know what the quote I'm talking yeah, about. The, the white winds blow. Would she even know that quote happened? No. He no. would never, he probably barely spoke to her. No. Because Sansa was already the, quote unquote, the like, ladylike one who didn't need that, like, hard, like, knowledge. Like, you know, like she was a lady. She's going to marry some guy and go off with Arya's a little more wild. Yeah. It just, they didn't have the relationship where I think he would be making quotes to her. Yeah. That she'll remember for the rest of I her think, life. And I think it would have been cool if the show really had a regret, like, this attitude. I feel like they didn't really get too much into that. No. Like, regret, like, this idea, like, she did love her father, but, like, she was so caught up in herself and, like, her own depression and blame her father. Kind of rightfully so in a weird way, because he did pass the sentence. No, did, but there, there, was no, the there was no other choice, though. There was no other choice, but still, she, I think in her, in her mind, she's thinking, he could have released her and pretended, like, you know, things like that. Yeah, but Cersei said, and then he's just like, well, yeah, but still, like she could have, like she's probably. I mean, if I were me, I'd be feeling that way too. But she's going to regret that she's going to be so petty. Like I under, I understand my father had no choice in the matter, but I never got to actually talk to him about it. Yeah, which is sad. Yeah, well, they never address, and they make it seem like they had a better relationship than they do. Yeah, when that's not, when there's not to fear. Although I think it's funny when Sansa's like, "What if I only have a, a, what if I only have girls? Everyone will hate me." And Septon Mordain's like. No one can ever hate you, and I think no, they'll hate you for not having a son. Yeah, they hate. That's queens a for thing. That. That's a very queens are here all the time. They do not give the perfect amount of sons. Yeah, Catherine of Aragon is kind of it's it's I crazy think... that she was popular because you only gave them a daughter. Exactly. How yeah. like most queens when they bear no when they struggle to bear a son, they get the blame for not having. Yeah, I it's like so stupid. I also thought when she was talking about like having only girls, she mentions Jane Poole, like. Who in the book is like her best friend? Who like I won't get into it now, but like has a very important role. Well, not very, but like an important role in book five that they just cut out. Well, they gave to another character, which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that, which is probably one of the worst changes they made. If you know, you know. It's it is the worst. No, it, Dorn, it, it's one of the worst. Changes. Wow, there's a lot of worst. Season five really was just a bunch of. It was the worst change they made. No, this one was. Uh, it all was. This was pretty. This was a really bad choice they made. But on the other hand. Arya is doing really good for herself at this point. Yeah, how did she... Why is she... Like, she is living life to the fullest, like, doing, like, standing on her toes, like, practicing for serious serious as this, serious as that. Ned makes a joke of it, like, cats, serious as... Yeah. And and as we said, he can relate to her. He can relate to her. And he probably sees Lyanna in her still, very much. he still kind of sees her as a lady. He still has that breach. Yeah. Because... Wait, you have more to say? No, I was going to go on to that. Because he, she goes, when he's talking about, oh, Bran, he can never wield a sword, but he can hold fast. He can do this. He never mentioned he could be king, just saying. <laughs> so you can't go into foreshadowing because the show never did the foreshadowing that I mentioned before. Yeah. And then Arya's like, oh my goodness, can I be a hold, hold faster? And he's like, ha you, no. You can marry a lord. Yeah. And you can be, bear knights and princes. And Lord, <laughs> explain the princess part. Like, is he planning on marrying her to the Martells? Because that would be so cool for Tommen. Let me just. Oh uh, no, they wouldn't be prince. Would they be prince? No, they'd be. Oh, give birth a princess. Yeah, because if she married Dorne, yeah, her princess. child would be prince or princess of Dorne. I think this is making Actually, up. she might like. Oh my God, she would love fiction. Dorne. Ned marries her to House Martell. She marries like Tristane. They she would, would do so well in Dorne. She would really love it because it's very. It's more progressive. Yeah, she'd she could be able to wield a weapon. But the show doesn't bother to give us that information. But um, <gasps> also, <laughs> what's wrong with season five? Dord, the plot that we talked about earlier that we're not going to mention because we're going to surprise you. Oh, if you read the books, you already know. I mean, we'll probably spoil it eventually between now and then. To be honest, yeah. But, 
on like that whole like Brant can do this. Let's not forget, Brant cannot walk. He <laughs> is a <laughs> damn. I just I hate Brant. He is a paralyzed kid, and he has far more options in this medieval sexist world than his sister, who I mean technically looking historically has two options: marriage or holy service. <laughs> but then that's your two choices in life, women. Marriage or the nunnery. Yeah. Either you're going to have sex every night and bear children, or you're going to have no sex. Yeah, because Arya does worship both God, both the old and the new gods. I don't know how that works. I think George has a lack of... Doesn't they were, understand they were raised, that much. They were raised in the faith, but I think Arya still feels a connection to Ned. Well, I'm saying, like, I don't think George understands how religion works. Like, I mean, a lot of people... I mean, it's very rare to see people who, like, I have two religions, because, like, how does that work? No, he, you're definitely right. I mean, George, I mean, he's an atheist, so, I mean, and he, like, I mean, he has some good understanding, but at the same time, he lacks understanding. He understands, things. he understands how it is in the, in general, like, how a massive population might be religious. Like, I think extremism, he understands. I don't think he understands individual religion. Yeah. For the individual, I yeah. should say. I, I love when she goes, no, that's not me. Good for her saying that. And Ned, Ned kind of looks at her smilingly, and I'm kind of like, Ned would, in real Ned's life, their worst nightmare. That's a there that's goes a, my dowry. Yeah, that's a father's worst nightmare in the Middle Ages because if your daughter refuses that, I guess you can send her to the nunnery, but I don't think you really want to. I think that's more you have a husband and wife have to decide what child they're sending to the church. I think they do decide those things. Yeah, they do. Usually, it's a second son, second or third, son, second daughter, things like that. I think daughters daughters are more. Well, we can marry them all anyway. Depends. Family. Yeah, that's true. Depends. But it's just interesting that he was smiling when he. Technically, shouldn't be. It seems like they keep it in the historical lens a lot, but then sometimes they go modern. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. I mean, was Ned point in the books? I feel like Ned just shrugged and was like, eh, "I'll be." Fixed. She'll she'll learn. <laughs> Maybe that was his thought in the show. I don't know. Like, okay, she's here now, but like, give another five. Give years. Give another five years. She'll be happy to get a marriage. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's a very sexist world. But they did ruin that line. That's not me. Oh, they ruined it in season seven. Because they put it out of context for that, and they're like, oh, callback. Eh. God. It's an alright one. Yeah. Then there's the tournament scene. Oh, I love Septim Mordain. <laughs> she's so funny. I don't know why. Like, but she's like, like don't when be Littlefinger's like, hi, and Arya's like, why do they call you Littlefinger? And she's like, uh, she's like, don't be rude while turning back to the tournament. <laughs> she does not care. Like, she's like, <laughs> she's tired of Arya's shit. She, yeah. Like, she's so tired of it. She was tired before we all were. I would say, poor Seth Mordine had to put up with Arya for years and just gets beheaded. What was that? Doesn't get a moment of oh, being like... Oh, we'll talk about Seth Mordine's death. That pisses me off now. She did nothing wrong. Wow, Joffrey really was just the worst. Anyway, <laughs> I'm like, going to memory lane. How creepy is Littlefinger? Oh, and very. so unsettling. Like, he just, like... Like, it's... Like better knowing his knowing how he loved his like her mother and like so he's looking at her like I would be like it's better than the book though because in the book he kind of looks at her and goes oh your mother was the most beautiful woman or something and you have her hair and then he runs away oh does he smell her hair too no he no, he strokes it. he puts it in his oh hair. my god so creepy she's eleven in the books yeah eleven so he's like wow you have her hair so pretty run yeah <laughs> like oh. And, and Santa kind of doesn't notice how creepy that is. She's kind of like in her own world. Yeah. Here he has, here she's the face him sitting next to her. Yeah. And then, oh, I don't know what I was going to say. To be honest, I lost oh. my train of thought. Well, the major thing that happens in the tournament scene is the death of Sir Hugh the Bale. We'll talk about him in a little bit. 
But we'll talk about him, his death now, but we're going to mention him later. Yeah, we'll get more into him later, but, like, we know that it's weird because we, he was killed by um, the mountain, which has us thinking, oh, the Lannisters are the ones who had him killed because he knew too much or something like that. So we know that it was Littlefinger who killed John, who killed John Aaron. Yeah. So did he put up the mountain? Like, did he get the mountain to do that? Is the mountain under his pay? Or is it more like later in the next episode, you know, like, it's like, oh, they draw straws and Ned's like, oh, but who draws the straws? Did Littlefinger pay? Yeah, yeah, that's what I say. Did Littlefinger pay that guy to make sure that he was and the squire to not fasten his like whatever it is around the neck? Or, or was it really just an accident? Yeah, because mounted to some vicious guy. Yeah. I do think that's interesting that Ned did think that through because honestly, a lot of people think he's a, a, an idiot. Yeah, so it is interesting that he can think. Ned's not stupid. We'll get no. to that in the next part. Actually, oh, we'll, we'll be mentioning that quite a bit. Yeah, and then my my least favorite change in the episode. Littlefinger talking about the Hound. Didn't we already mention something we didn't like? We hated Bran's vision. That was released. That's not a change. That's just a... Well, it is a change. It's done right. This is my least favorite change. Okay. I'll, I'll, if, I'll retcon what I said earlier. This is my least favorite change. <laughs> okay. Littlefinger Recon. talking about the Hound's backstory. I hated it, too. I thought it was weird. In the books, it's the Hound who tells Sansa that what happened. He's drunk. He's guiding her through the city back to the, to the castle. And it goes this whole rampage about, like, the... the Wait, actually, this is actually really funny. I remember this. Because in the show... We see Sansa look at Joffrey, and Joffrey's like still done with her for you know. Done. Yeah. In the book, he still acts like a gallant knight all night to her, and she's like, "Oh my god, it's better." And then just, "Oh, I have to go back to the castle," and he go and he calls the Hound over, and she's scared of the Hound. Keep in mind, she's eleven. So like, yeah. And so the Hound's approaching, and she's kind of like, "Oh, I don't need an escort." And she's trying to like get Septim Mordain's attention. She looks behind her, and Septim Mordain's like knocked out. Like she's like dr- dr- she's like drunk. <laughs> That's why I love Septim Mordain. She's like. Septim Mordain, wake up, and she's like, wake me up tomorrow, honey. <laughs> I'm off shift. I'm <laughs> off the clock. <laughs> she really is just so funny. Even yeah. like in the, even in both, she just has a funny moment, and the hound takes her home. And that's where he tells her his story. Like, he's go like, you're scared of me, like, and he goes into the whole story, and it's like, and then he's the one who threatens to, to kill her. her. Not Littlefinger. Yeah, I feel like it was weird that, I guess they wanted to, I don't know, I'd rather have seen it, the hound I would, because they have... Sansa and the Hound have this very weird and bizarre relationship in the books and kind of the show, but it's very like this would have been the beginning of that, and they don't do it. Yeah, and then Littlefinger just like he tells her the story and then just edges away creepily. It's so funny. It's, <laughs> it's like and he's like, "Don't, or he'll kill you," uh, and just like like awkward slides away. Awkward slide away. Yeah, exactly. It's just so funny. It's so sorry, Littlefinger's so disturbing. He's like so into her sexually, and she's like a little girl. Yeah, okay, well, best not to dwell on it. We cannot. I feel from the moment Ned Stark got off that horse in episode 3, he has looked like crap. And yeah. it's obvious why. He's in the most stressful position. Well, it's also and hot. It's hot. It. They, all, stre- they all look sweaty. It's hot. He's stressed. In that council scene? Yeah, they're like killing themselves. And that leads us to like, the first thing with Ned. Kill Janos Slint. Kill him now. Kill him. Get him now before he does anything stupid. He is like very high on my hate list. You know, not he, the top, but very. He's very just, he's just not in it enough for me to hate, hate him. No, no, I hate hate him, but he's not enough for me. Oh, to I hate number him. one on my. I list. hate him. He's not number one, but I hate him. He's like number like four, maybe. Four, really? I mean, like I'm thinking Randall Charlie, maybe. Like, there's a lot of characters. There's a lot of forgetting. Balon Greyjoy. You'll watch the show and you'll hey you'll Walder drop. Frey. You'll, you're gonna drop him. 
I don't know. I always you just got you just got three. Jameson's number four for that. Yeah, they're playing next. Really, more than like Joffrey. Yeah, really? easily. Because least Joffrey is a mental illness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, like, at least you got that. And he's a young kid, so I mean, like he's like he's he's a terrible little shit. Mm. But he's not like no, he's number he's up there for me. Janos Lundy's. I I can't stand him. He's arrogant. He's like, at least Joffrey's raised the king. Janoson just was betraying Ned Stark, and actually, he did like he saved the world from the White Walkers. That's his attitude. Yeah, I still hate Joffrey more. I don't I don't know why. Yes, I mean, you do you. Yeah, but I think when Ned gives him twenty of his guards, a lot of people are like, oh, what a dumb move. But I think yeah, Ned might not be politically doing the right move, but he is doing his job which is to keep the peace i wrote this these men who are like judging that are focused on playing the game of thrones whereas ned just wants to govern and keep the peace it's like wow he's doing the actual right move and people are mad at him for that yeah he absolutely if, if i were running a country i would you know i would be more like keeping the peace these men just want to further their own ambitions and but i'm not talking about them i'm talking about the audience because a lot of people in the audience are like wow what a dumb move he just gave men over to the enemy like i'm like did you really see it that way? I don't see it was it that way. well. They keep. They. I remember this video being like he got killed because he gave his men over here. He gave his men over there. But actually, first of those men would have been back. Yeah. Before. But mostly, he's talking about the, the most important job in the realm that everyone else seems to have forgotten. Yeah. So I can't be mad at him for that. He didn't play the game. That's why he lost. He was trying to just do his job. Yeah. That's why he lost. Yeah, but and he also seems to know that the tournaments are like the bread and circuses. Yeah. Because bars like. These make the people feel better and stuff. It's like it doesn't actually solve anything. No, it's just a way to get them away from and their Ned's crappy say, lives. And Ned saying it's actually going to make things worse because it's going to put the crown further in debt. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. let's just get this over with at this point because he can't stop it. Yeah. I do wonder if he talked to Robert, though. We have no evidence that he did. You have no idea. Could have. Probably did. Probably got refused. Well, obviously he got refused. No, yeah. We just talked about the tournament. We know it got refused. Yeah. Then Ned goes to talk to Tysel about to further his investigation. And... He just insults him. <laughs> he goes, he goes, I have been trusted. What was it? Like, like, he's like, he's like, he's like, John Aaron came to me. He always came to me for advice. And, and Ned just goes, goes why? <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> and he sounds like, he gets so used. That's when he drops the garlic, but he's like, excuse me, I have been Grand Maester for like years. I've served so many kings. And Ned's just like, no, no. What do you want? <laughs> what did he want? I don't know about this. It's, Ned clearly does not trust Pycelle, nor yeah. like him. And the book is very clear. The show doesn't do as well as the book does, but he does not. The show seems to do it well. He literally just mocked him to his face. He doesn't mock yeah. anyone to their face unless they. He already mocked Pycelle too in the last episode. Yeah, you yeah. served a different king. Like, he does Sorry, not. they were bound by oaths. Oh, this guy is not liked by Ned. No, and I don't like him either. He's no Pycelle. I like Pycelle better in the book. By the end of this of season six, when he dies, I don't think there's any character actually in the show that actually likes him anymore. <laughs> so like, no one likes it. I do though I Ned do, just was early to the party. I do have to give Pycel in the books though. He's pretty okay. He's alright. He's, he's pretty smart. He's like alright. He's he's still spying for Cersei, but he's not as like bad I mean, as like the, the show he's Cersei not... Cersei is so mean to him in the books. Yeah. For, for, him. for no reason. Yeah. She's like and, like when she's trying to frame Marjorie for like uh adultery in the books in book in book four, she's like tor- she's like dragging Pycel around the air and be like, what was she trying to buy? Say it. And he's like, moon tea, which is like an abortion pill that she probably didn't actually want for herself. And it's just funny that he was like, she's like forcing him to do things. 
for her. Thursday's so crazy. It's like you think you're laughing. You're like, wait, this is pretty messed up. What I'm laughing at right now. Like, she's, she's so stupid. She could have just paid him to say it, but she had to drag him on the floor and like beat him. Like, what is wrong with you? Oh God. Huh. Uh, and yet, somehow he's still loyal to House Lannister. Explain that to me. Yeah. Uh, whatever. But um, you could also see him covering the tracks of the murder, like when the Cedar Strong is brought up. Oh, he's he, like he's like that's what I noticed. He's like it's so insignificant. Like it's like his first word. Meanwhile, he's like basically he's like there's nothing important to those words. Meanwhile, he knows exactly what that means because in the books and in the show, I don't know if the show gets really too much into it, but in the books, he knows damn well what's happening between Jamie and Thursday. And then he was like, he's like, oh, it's a ponderous book. You want to read it? And Ned's like, no, I do want to read it. And he's like, great. He's like, great. <laughs> Couldn't give him a pretend book, though. I would just lie. He might have. It might have still worked out. <laughs> it might have just been a coincidence. <laughs> like, for all we know, it was literally just a convenience. He gave him the last book that he was like, he's like, let me find the most boring book on the shelf. <laughs> and then tell him it's this. He'll stop right now. Oh, maybe if he did, it just worked out. Who knows what? We'll never is. know. I, I mean, I think it's George Martin putting a plot together, or maybe he's bound by oath to actually do it when asked. Oh please, he let John Aaron die. Oh yeah, he wasn't that, bound that, by... that, if he lets John. That's the thing. He's covering himself because he he knew John Aaron was poisoned and he just let him die. Like he could have saved John Aaron. You don't remember the whole war, but he was like, I gotta protect Lannister because he thought he, he thought Cersei did it. He actually, I know, I wrote like how his Ned interrogating Pycelle shows their character where Ned's very blunt. Yeah, what he wants. He doesn't. Ex- he doesn't yeah. take Pycelle's crap. Where Pycelle keeps going, like trying to divert him from the truth. Like Ned's, like, um, don't you think he could have been poisoned? Pycelle's, like, no, no. Who who want to poison him? And he's like, I heard poison. And Ned's like, I heard poison was a woman's weapon. And Pycelle's like, yeah, women, Cravens. Oh, and eunuchs. Oh, do you know Varys is a mu- little eunuch? obvious that one. A little know? obvious, and Ned's like, "Yeah, I do know." Clearly Everyone not- knows that. Clearly, my point was that Cersei poisoned him. I said, "Woman." <laughs> I said, "Woman, stop!" I know who you serve. <laughs> Wait, it's funny though because he says this one line, but he's so anti-Varys, and he says like, "I never know how to mail." He didn't go on the council. That's um, so funny. We know exactly how you were there. You were there. The Mad King hired him because he was paranoid, and just to go against the what the later seasons are basically, Varys only made the Mad King more paranoid. Yeah. Like, purposely. Ares brought him over because he heard how great of a spy master he was. He was like, ooh, I need a friend like that on my team. Yeah. And then Varus came over and started just whispering in his ear. If anyone knows, like, the Silmarillion. Like he was, oh, wait. He was oh. he was also, like, Rhaegar's plong against you. Yeah. If anyone knows the Silmarillion and anyone knows, like, the story of Numenor, you can kind of compare Varus to Sauron in that yeah. story. And, like, where he kind of just whispering yeah. in his ear. Yeah. Although he didn't. Or Grima Wormtongue. Oh yeah, <laughs> he look out. Like, haven't watched no, the I movies. Don't, see, you know what? Both probably don't are are probably not accurate because both Sauron and Grima Wormtongue are both running the country. That whereas Vars was not. Vars is not. But he, he served his servant. He served so. his purpose. But I do think that Vars is the reason why House Targaryen fell. Yeah, like Sauron. Yeah, I don't know. Just an opinion. It's also interesting because Pycelle really could have averted the war. He he tried. <laughs> No, I mean, in a different way. Like, he oh. like, had he saved John Aaron, as his job would have had him do. But instead, he was like, let me just let him go. <laughs> He's like, this guy knows a secret. I'll let him lie right there. And I'm not going to touch him. Exactly. Do you want some? Oh, I have to help him? Here's some poison. Yeah. Oh, you know I wrote down my notes, too? You know how you pointed to, like, um, the eunuchs and stuff? Yeah. What he also doesn't know, Fails mentioned, is that maesters are very good with poison. Yes. And this is more of a book thing, but in the books... There's a new thing coming up in the later books about 
maesters are not to be trusted. And if you really think about that, that makes so much sense. They're involved in everything. They write your letters. They do your po they, they take care of you when you're sick. They help you when you give birth. They educate your children. If they educate your children. That's actually this is actually really funny. Is that in um book two of the prologue, the perspective is a maester. And he thinks, yes, maesters were learned in the ways of healing, but people don't choose not to know that the ways that those who know how to heal also know how to kill. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa. So he fails to mention that we can be the killing too. Almost as if he did he didn't poison him, but obviously he's like fails to mention that maesters can do it too. He might have, he might have poisoned him too. Yeah, he might have, have given him a little, it along. He might have more like, okay, not katana as fast as I want. Yeah. Absolutely. Do not trust maesters. No. They're untrustworthy. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then we get to this um little finger scene. Oh, another person we can't trust. Yeah. And I wonder why he Littlefinger just was pointing out he was a veil of the veil, the knight. Um. Actually, I have no idea. I was because we know Littlefinger did he have any role at all, or just or was he conveniently there? And oh, and Littlefinger was like, "Do you think Littlefinger did pay the person to hold the straws?" I think so. Because make Ned think the Lannisters are actually yeah. doing something when they're not. Yeah. Point oh, out this wow. random guy you're supposed to have killed. Wow. That's a good point. Like, how convenient. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, well, Hugh wasn't... I think the only problem is, though, that Jory gets to speak to him, too. And then, like, he apparently says, like, I'll talk to Ned Stark. So, I mean, like, he didn't have anything to talk about, so why? Wait, are you talking about the book? The show. In the show? What did you... Yeah, when they're going down the street, like, he's, like after he's bed, like, I am a knight, so I'm gonna do my thing. The next thing, Jory's like, he would be happy to talk to you. So, it seems like they continued on after that, just cut away. Oh... Well, I think he would just refuse to say anything to him. Oh, he's making it nice, yeah. Oh, no, no, I thought, I meant, like, that he said that he refused to talk to Jory, and Jory and said, I'll talk to Ned, but he didn't say anything. Oh, like, okay. He has no idea what they're talking about. Gotcha, yeah, it makes about. sense. But in that scene with Littlefinger, uh, I think how he points out the spies and how to recognize them. Yeah. He also reveal, reveals that uh, he is very dangerous because he has spies, too. He's like, nope, that one's mine. That one's mine. He's like, he's like this one, Cersei's. That one's Vars, and that one, and it's like, oh, whose is it? He's like, oh, uh, it's mine. It's mine. What the, why is she watching us? I don't know. She should be doing a better job. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Go away. Yeah. And he also, I wonder why he points, like, I mean, I guess he obviously wants Ned to discover the truth. Yes. He points out Gendry next, too. Like, mm-hmm. go see his little, ba- like, the bastard. Yeah. Wait, I'm trying to see what I said. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know why it's just, like, brain just lost control there. Oh, I made this interesting point. What point? I was like, if he knew, though, why didn't he just tell Ned right away? Because Robert's still alive. He needs, like, Ned would just tell Robert. Uh... Immediately. He needs Robert out of the way before Ned gets the truth. Or, like, out of, like, the picture. Like, hunting. We're gonna be conveniently killed. And mm-hmm. I, I just put that together when I was watching this. I also noticed how Littlefinger's saying, don't trust anyone. I feel like that it makes sense, but it's also a very flawed way of thinking. Yeah. Because if you can't trust your people who serve you, then why have anyone who serves you? Yeah. Because the point of service, it's a, it's a relationship built on trust, which yeah. Ned has earned. He has yeah. earned that in the North. Yeah. So the fact of saying don't trust anyone is a very dangerous way of thinking. Don't trust people who you don't know, that's fine. But if you're like, Oh, you have someone you know that you can trust? Well, that's stupid. Yeah. Well, no, because if you have someone who serves in your household, that's fine. Like, they should be trustworthy. Otherwise, you shouldn't have them serving you. 
Yeah, I agree. Just trusting me is the wise thing you've done since you've climbed up your horse. That's yeah, what he said. That's, that's true. If you, only Ned could listen. That's the thing, though. Like, I don't think Ned did trust him. I think he trusted trust him too much. Trust him enough to organize an army. Well, I think I think the problem was that there was no one else he could talk to about that. That's true. Because we'll get there. We'll talk about why I think Ned did. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about it now. Okay. But and then I want before we move on, I want to talk a little bit about Hugh of the Vale. Okay. Is that the actor that's playing Hugh of the Vale? We will see again in House of the Dragon. Yes, we will. Should I say who he's playing? Just I'll say this. He's playing the Lannister twins. Yes. Two of them. It is confirmed. It's all you can look this up. Like it's not a spoiler. No, we're not spoiling it. He'll be playing two characters, the Lannister twins. Who will be very who are very interesting characters. Yes. And important to the story. Yes. They have a bigger they have a bigger he'll have a bigger role in this show, which is good for him. He's also in Vikings. Yeah, I was gonna say he's also in Vikings, but he died. Like oh spoilers. Spoilers for Vikings. He died in season three. He's pretty important. I could have left that open and they could have been like, Oh, season four. They don't know when. They've narrowed it. Not enough. Close enough. <laughs> when it comes, they'll be shocked. No, they won't. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to figure that one out. So I've actually found another difference between the North and the South. Oh, did you? Yeah. It's 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 kind of an obvious one. Is that they don't have knights in the North. Yeah, we know this already. Oh, they, but it's not as obvious. The okay. show never addressed that. We still don't even officially know here. I guess you're right. He just said they struggle like around like roosters, and that they, okay, and that those. Wait, what did I write? <laughs> I hate when that happens. When what? you write something and you're like, "What did I write?" Yeah, I wrote good idea. Now I'm looking at it like, "What did I write?" <laughs> okay, I'm gonna just quote it and see, if, oh, and let's hope it makes sense. Okay, thinkers crossed. Those that are there. Oh, okay, I got it. Okay, I don't need to read it. Okay, is it the knights that are in the north? are more than superficial tourney fighters like here. And, uh, okay. Okay, because the... <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> the land there, because the land is harsh and dangerous because of wildlings. Knights, when they're knights in the north, they're knights. Yeah. They're, they're warriors. Where in the south, they're like, more like, don't hit me with the stick. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Unless you're like Jamie with the mountain, and you're a real warrior. But I mean, like, look at Hugh of the Vale. Yeah. He's more like, ha, 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 I'm a knight. Well, you're going to choke on blood in a minute. Oh, Some knight you are. I'm yeah. just saying, compare that to the north where they didn't have tourneys. They're like, tourneys are for people who are, aren't bored. You yeah. don't have time to be bored. <laughs> it's cold. Yeah. We need warmth yeah. and defense. <laughs> That's it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, on those who are Ned and Jory are on the road, though, when Jory is right to tell Ned to be careful, I think Ned being like, let them look, is like, he doesn't want to play the game. He doesn't care who sees where he is. He just wants to do it. I'm not saying it's a great move. I'm just saying I get it. Yeah, but it's like such a risky move because like anyone who's looked, watching and sees where he's going will be like, oh, I know what he's doing. He's retracing, up. He's retracing the steps of Jean Aaron and Stannis. I will say, as if he's aware that people are doing that, then I'm not. There's no point in hiding, though. I guess he's like, they're going to find me no matter what. I got to do I got to do what I got to do. Maybe Littlefinger's lesson took a different turn. Well, I, guess, like, I guess for Ned, it's not, I'm not trying to be sneaky. I'm just trying to find the truth. Yeah, he's not like that. I'm not playing the game of Thrones. And I'm maybe, trying to get justice. Yeah, and maybe that scene with the spies didn't have the idea, don't trust anyone. It's more like they're watching anyway, so why try to hide it? Yeah. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. 
And then I also noticed this is that in this scene they don't mention that Stannis was with John Arryn. I had that too. They failed to mention that. That the John Arryn and Stannis were were allied in well, the final. Why days. didn't they build this up? They didn't build Stannis up at all. I feel like he kind of disappears in the next season. Yeah. Where in yeah. this in the books we hear about Stannis in the, from here. Like, like all the time, and when you finally meet him, it's like, oh, there you are. When when John Aaron died, he fled. Yeah. To Dragonstone, so we he has a story. Yeah, I agree. It's just weird that they didn't mention him. Was I wonder why? Yeah, I don't know. And and the whole thing is that Stannis. The reason he he's gone is because he fled after John Aaron di- died. That's he, what I said. Oh, did I miss that? Yeah. Oh, I was looking ahead. Sorry. But I think also what they didn't that that's also important to notice that Renly too was aware. Everyone in the council was aware. Yeah, because like at this point, Renly was plotting for Marjorie to marry. Yeah, Robert. Absolutely. Why Which meant he, he there would have to get rid of Cersei, and there's a certain way to do that because she's yeah. cheating. Wow, she really wasn't really that smart. They weren't as subtle as they thought they were. <laughs> I mean, how? I mean, yeah, that's definitely true. But then again, the people that were new had their spies, so they probably were keeping an eye open. Yeah. And when he's actually questioning Je- Gendry, which I don't really much say, like, maybe more obvious with the questioning, what did John Aaron want? Why did he do this? I'd be like, what? <laughs> How are you going to get answers just by asking random questions and hope that John I don't, Aaron I'd try to be sneaky because anyone, anyone who's following him. We've already established that he doesn't care. So he did, that's he true. Know he doesn't because care. anyone who wants to know can just go up to Gendry and be like, what did Ned Stark ask? Oh, he's looking for John. Oh, now I know for 100% he's trying to figure something out. They're loud enough for them to have heard it. I'm sure he's like, no spies. <laughs> he probably is like, Tabumont himself might be in on this plot against me, so we might as well just ask. Because there's yeah. when you can't trust anyone, you might as well just do what you do. Yeah, when, there's I'll no one you can trust enough to yeah conceal. Yeah, I don't know. So is it a fact that Varth's the one who put Gendry there? I don't know if it's a fact. I thought I I'm not sure if it's a theory or if it's like depth in the book that Varth's the one who placed the bastards where they all I'm go. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Well, that's what I want to put read there. the books. Yeah. So then Ned tries to get. Robert, a message. I guess something about I know how your I saw your bastard. Yeah, they never really explain it. Did maybe he maybe Ned's intention was to bring Gendry to court and be like, "Look, here's your son. He's black hair, black hair, whatever." You know, they never they never tried it. But Jamie, not really realizing <laughs> what the what it was, still intercepted it. <laughs> yeah, and still got it better. But let me just say, Robert is such a dick to Jamie. Oh, and Cersei. He's literally cheating while he has to listen. That's terrible. Yeah, exactly. Although Jamie and Cersei, I mean, do you want him. do you want other king slaying Robert? See, Robert, this is a Robert is a dick. Cersei is nuts because when Robert was literally sleeping on the bed, she had sex with Jamie right there. That's crazy. Yeah, that's so risky. It's it's one thing to do it in another room and hide it. It's another thing to do. it Oh when, yeah, and the king can wake up. But I mean, wasn't he drunk though? He probably he probably he would have been like, oh, I thought I saw this. Yeah, but you never know. Still. He might have killed her in his drunken stupor. That's true. Yeah. I, but, I don't blame Jamie for being bitter, though. But, yeah, and also, I'm like, how many women were in that room? Because only three I left, know, and, there and there's some... still, there's still a lot of women in there. God. Like, how I mean, much... Jamie kind of has revenge by sleeping with Cersei in well, a yeah. messed up way. Oh, yeah. Also, this scene kind of, like, makes Jamie even, like, more of a because yeah. like, he's like laughing with joy about reminiscing about war and stuff. I think he, in the next episode he's gonna literally target him and yeah. kill him through the eye and some like. Well, I think Jory attacks him first. Oh, does he? I'm pretty sure. Oh, never mind. Well, he kills him like Still. in the eye, like after they they're talking about how oh my god, one of those ironborns got me in the eye, and then he kills him through the eye. That's 
terrible. Yeah, but was Jamie at the Siege of Pike in the books? I don't know. It never really about. says. Yeah. Whatever. I'm fine with it being here. But... Yeah. And also, back to Theon real quick, how, like, Jamie's like, oh, this is, like, we like seeing a, a shark on a mountain, and George's like, yeah, he's a good kid. And Jamie's like, I doubt that. Way to set it up. That's the thing with Theon, too. I'm just really hate Theon, obviously, at this point. It, like, didn't help that everyone doubted around him. Yeah, but he didn't know. That's, I mean, but not Jamie specifically, but that's, a lot of people treat him like that. Yeah. I mean, until Tyrion. That's true. Rob is later going to give him some shit. Catelyn probably gave him shit. You know what? You kind of got a point. I mean, when you, people set you up to be like this betrayer. Well, Catelyn in the show never did anything actually that... Yeah, but when you Theon. set him up to... When you keep putting him down, I mean, you expect him to stay loyal. As much as, as, much as I hate Theon, like, you didn't help the situation. Not specifically James. He didn't really understand. Yeah. But yeah, it's so... The scene was very, like... It was kind of... Not, I don't want to say cute, but it was like, nice to see, like... It was a nice... That, like, Jamie being human, having this conversation. But then more of the prostitutes come out, and then Jamie's, like, back to, like, a bitter. Yeah. It would also explain the Greyjoy Rebellion of good tier two, like, explaining... Very much a Greyjoy Rebellion kind of background episode. Yeah. Yeah. And in a way, it's not like you're getting too much information. It's like, here's information if you want it. Like, it's not that important right now, but, like, you just yeah. so you know, keep this idea that Theon's dad rebelled, and that's yeah. why Theon's in Winterfell. And it also had some fun foreshadowing with Jory's death. Yeah. With, um, with Thoros Samir coming with his flaming sword. I'll remember that to the day I die. Well, that's the next week. That's so sad. <laughs> it must be next Tuesday. That's and, so sad. And then saying, like, oh, they only almost took out my hour. We already talked about that that's one. That's so sad. No, I just thought it was funny. Funny in a messed up way. But also, it's like, they had, like, it also shows how, like, you know, when they're, when you fight in a battle, there's kind of this bond that you get. Yeah. A trauma bond, I guess. And kind of, you see how Jory and Jamie, who shouldn't really like each other for a moment, have a moment. Yeah. <laughs> for a moment, have a, a moment. moment. They have a moment. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why and they it's, connected. And it's like, from right. their, the, from the battle that they went through. Yeah. I don't know. It's, and then, well, of course, they get severed. <laughs> but <laughs> there's still that idea. Yeah. That last scene, which Ned, oh yeah, when Cersei comes in, I should say the dagger's right there, right? Yeah, Cersei doesn't that. even give a second look to that knife. Wouldn't Wait, that give away that she had nothing to do with it? She doesn't even look down at it. it but I mean, like I would notice that if I gave someone a dagger like that, no, I'd probably remember see, that. The, I find both, like it's both cool and also doesn't work out. Is that I think it's cool that it kind of hints that Cersei has no tie. Yeah. To this knife, to this dagger. Mm-hmm. And see, it would be cool had they mentioned who actually had it later. Yeah. Like, had they told if it was Joffrey who did it or if it was Littlefinger who did it, then this would make more sense. But the fact is that, like, the dagger kind of fades away for a while. They technically say it was Littlefinger. You can, but they never were like, they never say, you sent the assassin to kill Bran. They That's never true. mention it. So we'll That's never true. know officially. We can assume, but I'm not here to assume. Well, yeah. I guess I am. <laughs> I guess I am, but it would have been cooler had they been like this and be like, "Oh, so Cersei didn't have anything with the, with the assassin Kilbrand," and then, "Oh, it was Littlefinger the whole time," or "Oh, it was Joffrey," but they didn't do that. So this scene kind of feel it's like a fun moment of like, "Oh, so it wasn't Cersei," but they never explain who it was. Yeah, just that's just my problem with it. Yeah, and she's here to give the olive branch to Ned in a way, right? No, that you don't think that's that what it was? No, I read between the lines. Well, here's my interpretation of it, though. I mean, I think you have a different interpretation. Anyways, I think Pycelle told Cersei oh, what Dad, Ned was no. doing. So she came as a way to not really give an olive branch, but a way to be like, stall him, make him forget about it, 
make friends so they can be not not like so he stops looking into whatever it is because she knows she has stuff to lose. Mm. So she, so like almost at this point she knows that he's looking for something and she doesn't want him to find it. See, I got something else. Yeah, is that Cersei was trying to get a read on Ned? Trying to oh, that makes out. sense because she walks in and then she starts talking about how oh we should put the past behind us like and then she's for well trying to get you to and also trying to tell so she's okay I'm sorry my brain just is all going all over yeah. the place. He's like, she's both trying to get a read on it and threaten him. Yeah. So she comes in, she's talking about the direwolf, and she says, well, you know, I'll do whatever I have. You know, we do terrible, we do anything for our children. She's telling Ned right there, I will I will defend my children at the cost of anyone who goes against them. Don't threat, don't go harm them. Like, yeah. She's threatening him. Yeah. Like, I'll do whatever it takes. And then um, I wrote down a lot of things. So, and then when she, and then she calls Sansa weak by being like, well, she has another North in her. She's a Southern girl. Yeah. Like, she's susceptible to my influence more than yours. You don't ha- she's not your daughter. Yeah. Which we can see that Sansa does have that issue. She's, and then, this is, and then I like this, though, because Ned goes, what do you want? And then she comes out and says, I could ask the same thing about you. Like, she throws away the veil. She's throwing veil threats at him, and then he bluntly, we see his bluntness come out, and she just, but then she, we see she still has that. Yeah. I'm trying to read my notes. <laughs> and then she, and then, and then when Ned's saying, I came here to serve Robert, she's telling him, well, you can't help him. She's basically saying that he's lost. Like, forget him. He's a lost cause. Rightfully so. Like, if you're, if, she's basically calling out his bluff. Or yeah. thinks she is. She's like, trying to figure out if Ned really is here. And she's like, I sense a lie there. And Ned says, no, I'll, that's why I'm here. If that's my duty, it is. And she, then she goes, oh. You're just a soldier. You'll just do whatever you're told. Yeah. So she get, she figures out that he's just a guy that does what he has to do. And then Ned comes up with, like, I was also trained to kill my enemies. And she replies, so was I. Yeah. They both made it clear that we're both enemies to each other, and we both will go to the end to death. Yeah. Death. I'm playing the Game of Thrones. And we all know yeah. who's going to win at the, by the end of this season. So I didn't get all French. I got more threatening and I trying see, to understand I Ned. See, I see that. I also think Pycelle telling her stuff well, disturbed I think her that's why she came here. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, very much like a setting up like their antagonistic relationship that will come to end with Ned's head. Yeah. So yeah, the the battleground has been drawn rather than be, there being any chance piece. They yeah, and I honestly think Cersei came off as more like, "Don't mess with me," than Ned did. Yeah, like Ned was like, "I've been trading my everything." She's like, "As was I," and just walked out. But see, sexism will lose him the battle because of underestimating her. Yeah. Don't ever underestimate Cersei. She will do whatever it takes to win. Now it's the final scene. Final scene. This is a much better final scene than the last episode gave us. Yeah, that one was kind of a little confusing. Yeah. This one was not. This one was not. Very clear. Though I will say it's not. Very big coincidence that they ran into each other here, Catalan and Tyrion. Oh yeah, but I mean it's like in the road they're both going the same direction, like different, like like on the same road. I guess they like, would have inevitably have run they, into they each inevitably other. they would have caught up with each other. It yeah, was that's, a matter of that's where. definitely true. It was a very public place. Maybe it wasn't so public things would have gone down the way they did. <laughs> public, public. If, if I were Catelyn though, and Tyrion was like Lady Stark, I would have been like, Yeah, I'm going south to meet my husband. I missed him, and then when I got, because I would have been like, Ned, just play along. <laughs> or I'm coming back north after I visited my husband. Why you have to go back south? Makes more sense. Because it's big. Why were you there so quickly? And then when you when you met the King's Landing, like, oh yeah, Catelyn was here. Everyone's like, what? Catelyn wasn't here. Oh, uh, you know what? You're right. 
It runs more. But then again, I don't have the gift of hide. She didn't have the gift of hindsight. Oh my goodness. Maybe the, maybe she kidnapped Terry more because he knows too much now. <laughs> he knows I'm We've out never there. thought about that. We always it heard, wasn't that. We don't know. We literally never really hear Catal. Well, I, I'll, okay, I'll, give me a second. Because I actually was going to say that I, I think her actions here are dumb. And there's no real defense. But there is an yeah. explanation. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are just like, oh, Catalan's the worst because she did this. Where no one looks at, like, the what happened. Yeah, they don't take time to actually understand why she does what she did. Yeah, because, so in the books, Catelyn is vividly seeing Bran's throat being cut. Vividly yeah. in her mind, she's picturing in her head as Tyrion's walking around. And she really believes he's the one who did it. And she is trying to stay hidden, so she's not intending to do anything. Yeah. And then Tyrion sees her and starts acting as though, in her mind at least, as if he's done nothing wrong. And of course, we know he didn't, but she doesn't know that. She's very much in the belief that he did try to kill Bran. Yep. Because why wouldn't she trust Littlefinger, who was like a brother to her for years? She exactly. Would... So, and then he acts like this. What parent wouldn't do something in that moment when they have the when the person that they believe tried to kill their child is talking to them as if they did nothing wrong? Yeah. Like what? I'm not saying that it's a good like it's a defense, but it is yeah. an explanation, and it is something that I feel like a lot of people should at least on some level, understand, especially if you're a parent. Yeah. I don't know. And it's, like, also, too, it's, like, no one pays for this more so. I mean, besides the peasants, obviously, but, like, no one pays for this more than Catelyn herself. She will lose most everything dear to her heart in the next few seasons slash books to the point where, like, she'll regret this decision to the moment, like, Black Walder cuts her throat. <laughs> but I will say this. At least she didn't kill Tyrion. Because honestly, I'm thinking about it. I think if that happened to me, I think I would have killed him. Yeah. No questions asked. And in the next episode, we will talk about a character who would have also I mean, I would Tyrion. do anything for my family. Like, Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would do murder itself, but in the medieval world, I'd be like... The medieval world is a different animal. Yeah. In this world, I'd probably just yell at someone. You know, <laughs> i just yell at someone and just call it a day. Like, But like, and if I were in the medieval world and I had power, I'd be like, yeah, take him. Yeah, I mean... Of course, this action was, it was a bad political move, but as we were talking about with Ned, a connection we see between him and Catelyn is that they don't exactly use politics to their advantage because they're not thinking politically. Yeah. They don't care about the political intrigue. They care about what they think is right. Yeah. Catelyn thinks he needs to answer for his charges, so she's going to take him. Yeah. She thinks that he's guilty for trying to murder her son. I, I mean, wonder why she didn't take him to Robert. Because it's a Lannister hold? I guess that's why. Like, why bring him to the area where Cersei's queen? That's true. Yeah. But I think it would have been, if you brought him to Robert, though, that would have probably saved lives and stuff, because it would have just, Robert probably would have just been like, no. Or Robert would be willing to hear it out, and if Tywin did anything, Robert would have been in court to do something. I mean, obviously, like, this is all with the gift of hindsight that Catelyn does not have at this point. No. I mean, it really was a bad move. I'm not saying it wasn't. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, I feel like a lot of people are saying, oh, how she's a horrible person for doing this for her. It's more I don't like, think it, that's it's more really like a, it was just lack of, it was just lack of thinking. It was thinking of her, it was thinking, oh, no. it was thinking too much of our family. Yeah, and not thinking with the idea of how will others react. Exactly. She's thinking, I'm getting justice. Where this world that. is not a world where justice is easy. And it's a world where, like, Tyrion has a very powerful family that will not be like, oh, yeah, justice, sure, we'll let it go. Yeah. They were like, well, you took our family member, even though we didn't really care much for him himself. He's still a Lannister. Yeah. But, on thing that Catelyn, like, did pretty stupidly, she kind of handled it pretty cool. That was a good decision. Like, she called on each of the men was like, 
I recognize that ba- that um, sigil on your shirt. Like, honor my father, you all follow my father. Since you all follow my father, and I am his daughter, take this man. Some people take, wait, justice. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty badass, but when you actually take everything into account, it's like, ah, but it's so stupid. Yeah, I think in the book a few people were like, um, no thank you. Exactly. I think a few people kind of knew. Yeah. I'm not saying that it was the best move, but I will say that Catalan, Catalan after this moment does a lot of good moves that get overlooked. Exactly. But as of right now, the war has now begun because of her actions. Like, clearly she did not think this through. Alright, that's all we have for you this time. Please join us next time in two weeks when we discuss Season 1, Episode 5, Game of Thrones, titled The Wolf and the Lion. Please um, rate and review our episode on wherever you get your podcast, as it really does help against the algorithm. And follow us on Instagram. We are back underscore into underscore thrones. Love the underscore. Yes. <laughs> I had no choice. It wouldn't let me do anything else. I don't know how. I'm bad with technology. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you looking for anything for the next episode? Um, yeah, I, some of my favorite scenes are in this episode. I think, spoiler, I think it is my favorite episode of the season, but like. Why is that a spoiler? Oh, you know what? Spoiler, it's not the whole spoiler point of the show. Okay. But I mean, maybe when I rewatch it, things will change. Yeah. We'll see. You never know on this show. You never know. Wait till we get to season eight. Yeah. Join, you know. join us. <laughs> join us for next time. Bye.